welcome to the Megavision Sideshow, the companion to the companion podcast of Megavisions Magazine, where we stray away from gaming news and what we've been playing to talk about just one movie, TV show, maybe a single genre or video game. This is episode 29, and it is May 3rd. With me today is the Vapinator Sketchcraft and the Leguizamo superfan, Chris. How's it going, guys? Oh, I wanted to be the vibrator. That's uh, that's another <laughs> podcast that will probably never see air. Uh, when we get to him doing that, I I can elaborate on that scene a little bit more. <laughs> nice. I'm sure it's uh, going to fit into the factoids and everything we've got. There's yeah. plenty for any comic book comic book based movie. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we watched the movie Spawn from 1997. A quick one-sentence summary from IMDb. An elite mercenary is killed, but comes back from hell as a reluctant soldier of the devil. Starring Michael J. White. Um, I don't really know of him from too much, uh, except for Black Dynamite lists there in his IMDb. And Chris, you said you know him from something else. Yeah, he was in... uh, There's this really awesome uh, martial arts franchise uh, series called Undisputed, and he was was in the, the second one. Uh, and it's, he's really good in that. So he's a, he's a legit martial artist. Uh, mm-hmm. he has a, a, a long, like martial arts background. Uh, and he's, he's really good, man. Uh, I, I like Michael J. White. He's, he's one of those actors that just, I don't think he ever, um, got as big as I wish that he could have. Like he just never, he never got really big. I think Spawn, uh, he hasn't had many leading roles after, <laughs> probably after this movie, but, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's done some good stuff over the years. Okay, cool. He also um, had a um, mm-hmm. well. I came to know him because he was in the Tyson documentary. On yes, yes, that's right. Yep, before Spawn, and then yeah. um, after Spawn, he was supposed to have a pretty decent scene in Kill Bill Volume Two that was cut when it was oh. split hmm. into two movies. There's a whole scene where he was supposed to fight, I believe, the her her uh, martial arts master, the old guy. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a, some some sequence where was that like James know, Carradine? I don't know who played the old guy, dude, in the makeup. You know, so I don't know. Maybe it's killed Bill on. I can't remember. Yeah, but no, her master, the one that that trained her, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be a whole scene with, right there. But I don't know. It got cut for whatever reason, and we're all still waiting for that long four hour cut of Kill Bill. Yeah. So. Uh, and then also worth mentioning is John Linguizamo, uh, who hey, is hold on. Oh, hey, okay. hold on, hold on. And guys, we can't forget his role in The Dark Knight, so I can't. Yeah, I didn't Wait, oh, know yeah, the name. Right. I saw that he was credited in that. I don't. It's been a. <laughs> I've probably not seen that movie since it was in theaters, so I don't even remember that. Right, gangster number three. That's why he's the one starting shit with the Joker the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a magic oh. trick. Nice. Yeah, okay. Pencil. Ta-da. It's my favorite part of that movie. Um, and then, uh, yeah, John Leguizamo's in this. Uh, everybody knows him as Luigi from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Nothing else. No. Uh, <laughs> Leguizamo reaches through the internet and punches Scotty. May as well. I would, they, if I anyone could pest, do it, he could. Yeah. I was the pest. I wrote know? five books because everybody wants to hear what I have to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he's been in other stuff. I think anyone knows who that is. And then, uh, v- v- very my personal favorite role with Leguizamo is actually in uh, that Romeo and Juliet movie. Oh, yeah, really Romeo good. Was yeah. Die, yeah. or that was the one with no, um, it was Romeo and Juliet. Not Romeo. Oh. It was the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Claire Danes. And yeah, Claire Danes. It was it was that really weird one. Like it was the director from Moulin Rouge. It's the director from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, he was good in that. He was like, uh, what is it? Um, 
He was also in Moulin Rouge. Yeah, I can't remember. Was he? He was part of the Capulets or whatever. That's right. The Capulets. Um, But no, no, like John Leguizamo, man, I I love him. Um, And uh, I was excited to see him in this movie, like even back in the 90s, because I... Uh, I liked him from the past, uh, but he also had a um, a sketch comedy show um, that starred a lot of Latino and Hispanic actors. Uh, he plays this uh, crazy chick in there. Yeah. It's like a one man show, and then he does one character who's a girl. Yeah, it was called amazing. It was yeah. called House of Buggin', and so it was kind of like yeah. the Hispanic version of like um, like Saturday Night Live, uh, Living Color, that kind of thing. I think it was like short lived. It maybe did two seasons, maybe. Um, but it was really good, uh, and I, I remember watching that a lot. So I've I've watched a lot of John Linguizamo over the years. Um, I think he's the best part thing in this movie, if you have to ask me. I mean, that's before we kind of jump into it, but I think he was great in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly worth mentioning is Martin Sheen is in this. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, might be better known from The Departed, Apocalypse Now, the series The West Wing, uh he was in one of the or i guess technically both of the amazing spider-man movies um holy moly i i forgot that he was in this but uh and then uh mentioning the box office real quick the budget for this movie was estimated to be 40 million opening weekend in the u.s it made just under 20 million um but overall i guess the worldwide estimated is 86 million so it made money but not didn't do hot in the u.s Mm -hmm. um but uh, so we'll go around the table now and say, uh, you know, whether or not this is our first. I will let everyone know that I saw this in theaters. I, I don't know why. And I don't I don't mean that against <laughs> Spawn, but I was never into the Spawn comics. But for some reason, I saw this in theaters as a child. Uh, and I th- and I do remember, like, if you brought your movie ticket to a certain comic store, you got like four free random issues. And I remember I got the issues. Uh, it was four Superman comics, and it was like it wasn't the death of Superman, but it just had different stylized lo- of his logo for like um, Steel and Superboy and Superman and somebody else. But that's what I, I remember was, about seeing this. That was the return of the Superman. That yeah, was the first return. They did four issues with these cardstock sort of like embossed covers, and each one had the symbol of the four different Superman. The reign of Superman, right? Like after Superman Probably. died, there were like four different. Superman yeah, that came it was back. Superboy, it was... Steel, Cyborg, Superman, and the Eradicator. Yeah, it was yeah. those covers where the actual emblem was like the on the next page, so you open the that kind of see through cover and see the whole spread and stuff. Yeah, something though that was that actually got me. They did some cool stuff, like you know, like maybe it was just to try to you know cover up the lack of substance in the actual <laughs> comic itself. Only those but... comics were five years old by the time you got them, Scotty. So Yeah, know. I don't I mean I had and, no idea. And the death of Superman was largely a reaction to Image Comics being founded. So that's kind of funny. Like if you Oh weird. About... Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um so uh I think you had mentioned previously sketch you definitely didn't see this in theaters but I could be mistaken. We've we've talked about oh, briefly no, I this. saw it in theaters. I, okay. I got some crazy backstory to this movie. So I'm going to eat you up some time here, folks, but just bear with me. So I grew up uh, wanting to go to comic. I grew up in San Diego, and I wanted to go to um, right, right outside of San Diego. But I wanted to go to Comic-Con since almost, you know, I don't know, 82, 83. My, my uncle had been going to Comic-Con since the 70s when it first started. And um, father would never let me go for, I don't know, he thought that shit was weird. But it was uh, finally in 1982 when Batman Returns came out. I finally convinced my dad to let me go to Comic-Con. And that happened to be 
the year that Spawn and Image Comics came out. I was like, what is this shit? So I found Spawn there when they when they launched. And I was like, fucking, this is amazing. And I knew McFarlane's art from a comic my friend had in junior high where it's an issue of Spider-Man where Spidey punches the Hulk into orbit. Like, so the cover is him punching the Hulk through the Spidey logo. And the whole thing like, right. crackles. It's a pretty cool cover. Because the Spidey had cosmic powers in the book at the time. Hmm. He literally knocks the Hulk into orbit. Um, anyhow... So every year at Comic-Con, going to see fucking McFarlane and Spawn, and the, 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 when the toys were launched, it was a big deal for me. Like I, I loved the comic, loved the toys. Um, when he finally announced a movie was going to be, it re, well, how do I say, he was going to announce he was going to talk about um, the movie. Um, I was like, I got to get in this panel. It was at Comic-Con. Um, the panel was literally like a room of, I want to say like 20 or 30 dudes. Like it wasn't a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got there the the one before just in case there was a crowd, which there wasn't. Um, and I waited, and there was this dude sitting next to me, this black gentleman who was pretty fucking cool, and we're just sitting there fucking watching shit, shooting, you know. And I'm like geeking out. And then Todd shows up, and he uh, he goes, "Hey, I want to announce who's playing Spawn." And the fucking dude next to me gets up, and it's fucking Michael J. White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that's the you fucking dude, you know? So like he announced right there in the room that this, you know, Michael J. White, the guy who played Tyson, the HBO documentary is gonna be um spawn. Oh, you didn't know him from and, Tyson. Or you what year yeah. did you say this was? Eighty something? This was ninety five. Oh, okay. So this was the year before no, ninety six con. So it was this and there was another Batman and Robin panel I went to. So this was the year before it came out. 95 or 96, I can't remember, because it came out in 97, so I want to say it was a 96 con. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was super excited. You know, they, they he said he had a director who, Mike, was it Mark Dip or whatever, who was going to be this guy from Industrial Light Magic. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be effects heavy. And I asked about Sam and Twitch. That was my one question. He said, well, you know, we're going to see about that maybe later, you know. So, um, but that was the big reveal at that con for me. So you fast forward a year later, and again, I go to Comic-Con, and he's getting ready to show the trailer. He's going to debut the trailer for the Spawn movie at Con. Mm. And they went upstairs, they debuted it, couldn't get in the room, whatever, because it was a bigger deal. He had a pretty big boot that year. They were showing off the Spawn video game for the PlayStation. Uh, it was, I think so. It was a horrific game. My little, my little fucking nephew was playing it. My, my, sorry, my, half, my stepbrother was playing it. Um, anyway... So I think they it was, had, was that, that that also got ported to the Dreamcast, didn't it? Oh, there was a different, very no, that bad was a different one game. Of the Dreamcast. Oh, okay, all right. Game. So what I'm trying to say is, so he he they show off the trailer, and we're at this booth, and it was a pretty big booth. We had like chain link fences set up there, and all the spawn costume, and the fucking trailer sitting on the table. I'm like, dude, that's the fucking trailer because it's a roll of film. It's a spawn trailer on it. Oh, right? okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's this fucking spawn trailer, dude. You know, my buddy Richard. I had his buddy Richard, man. He ended up going to the army with me. And as a kid, he was always a little bit of a kleptomaniac. Oh, no. So a few minutes later, I'm over at another booth fucking whatever. And Rich goes, hey, man, we got to go. I'm like, why? And he <laughs> opened up his pack. He stole the fucking spawn trailer, dude. Are we talking Did about like a big like. special ops on it? Oh, God. <laughs> are, we, are we talking about like, <laughs> just so I have a visual like. Right, like reference. Are we talking about like the, the like the twelve inch metal reel thing, or is it a tiny yeah, Jesus a Christ, thirty five millimeter film, dude? Like, we, oh my we God. couldn't even play it if we want, but he stole the whole fucking trailer from like, 
Comic Con. Right. He's oh, like, we got to make what? another stop. I need to get a projector real quick. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and yeah, like he took it and fucking left. Jeez. You know, he stole the spawn trailer. Suck at Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. And so now That's I'm like, great. fuck, dude. Well, at least they shut the show the trailer before he stole it. But you know, like, <laughs> he ended up fucking like traded at a comic shop for what? Useless comics. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, that's that's sad. That adds yeah, up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That thing probably would, would be worth a shit ton of money today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you could Look, tell man. Me, like if it had something like where you could verify that yeah, this came from uh Comic Con, you know, back in the mid nineties. Yeah, I mean it was that. labeled it was the full fucking real. Like I almost want to f- like do an evening. Because, like, because it's only like two and a half minutes long, it's not a giant fucking real right know? but it was like you know a big you know like take your hands together make about oh it's like a half basketball size you know like, mm-hmm. that's probably where they got the idea for you know the special op cd scene being uh, sold in this movie <laughs> i don't know i don't know man uh. i just and so you know like i was excited like anyone else for this this fucking thing and so i went i went inside you know, and I won't sit here and pretend like I came out there defending it. I didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it was a much, I'm not going to say a much better experience than Batman and Robin that summer. Mm. Okay. Um, but it was the very definition of mediocre. You know, mm. like it felt like they were trying to take Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the Crow and Batman and shove it into one thing. Yep. You know, blade before blade work. almost. It it did not it didn't work. It didn't no. work for a lot of reasons we're gonna get into. But mm-hmm. at subsequent Comic Cons, Todd never defended the film um <laughs> for what it was. Like he, he never like you get him into a room, he wouldn't be like that ah, 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 spawn is it's a great film, it was misunderstood. You know, like he never you know, he always said that the director sort of put special effects before the story, which mm-hmm. I'll tell you that yeah. well the the book doesn't really have a straight story anyway. Hmm. The thing about Spawn, the comic is he kind of made it up as he went along. It's a scenario, not a straight storyline. It's like mm-hmm. something that's serialized. That's why it always worked better as a cartoon. Same same in a way with Street Fighter, right? You don't want a live action version of Street Fighter unless you fundamentally change <laughs> some things. Yeah. Um, but he never fucking defended the film. And later on, he would go to try to produce more Spawn films that were more like uh, the one I remember the most was because New Line produces. And so the fucking head of New Line was at Comic-Con, I want to say around 2004 or five around there. And um, it was one of these smaller panels, much bigger room, obviously by this time, but it was a smaller panel by that, by that center. And they were asking about the spawn movie. And he's like, yeah, Todd keeps trying to make seven. Like he wanted to make a movie that was about Sam and Twitch and mm-hmm. they're, there's a lot of shit going on, and Spawn is just this thing in the shadows. And if you read Spawn around issues 60 or 70, the book kind of became that, where it was largely Sam and Twitch, and Spawn would just kind of show up at the end and kill people. Hmm. Um, so I got a feeling he kind of changed the comic to fit that pitch. But the head of New Line would tell, he said that I, I would tell Spawn, I'm Spawn, I would tell Todd that we already made Seven. And so if you're going to make Spawn, a Spawn movie, Spawn's got to be in it. And I just think ever since then, 
he he's been trying to make a movie where Spawn really isn't in it. Probably because he feels like the reason why this movie didn't work is because Spawn is in it, and I just don't think that's the problem at all. I think the problem is uh, there's just no story, man. You know, mm-hmm. the book never had a central story. I, I, the first I, I own the first hundred issues straight, mm-hmm. um, 120 issues when Angel Medina left as artist. I I bat out, and the Al Simmons storyline runs a consistent. 100 plus issues but there's no real story i wondered how they could really expand upon it kind of already being done i mean like his mission was set and done in this movie you know you have to fundamentally and we'll get into it but you have to fundamentally change what happens and Mm -hmm. get into the archetypes in order to translate this Mm -hmm. um, into some sort of film um other than that it would just work better as a cartoon if you're gonna yeah. go for you know which which by the way the hbo cartoon was was far better than that. i've heard good things about that i never i never had hbo so i never saw it but i'm curious but there were that... a lot of movies that came out that year i was just looking through the list and i think that um just even back then i thought they far surpassed what this movie did from a visual effects standpoint like you had um uh the titanic you had a Jurassic Park, okay. Lost World. Um, but that movie was a piece of... Dude, if it wasn't for Titanic, 97 was a tough year for film because you had Crow City of Angels, which fucking sucked. You, I mean, was that... Oh, that was the second one, right? That was 96. Yeah, that Titanic made $1.8 million. Um, yeah, but let's not equate... I mean, $1.8 Cameron, let's not, let's not, Let's not liken James Cameron to the likes of Spawn. You know what I'm saying? Like, James Cameron's fucking... <laughs> guy's a genius dude but there's i mean just i'm I'm not even talking about just from like a box office standpoint i'm just saying i think just if you look at it just from like visual effects alone but you also had men in black which had some i thought really good um visual effects when it it came out i remember really loving that um you even had like fifth element event horizon stuff like that that, face off (laughs) face off oh yeah so um batman and robin in some ways had better visual effects in this film yeah i just yeah um, I mean, I, I, I like all kids, like in the nineties thought Spawn was uh, amazing. You know, I thought he was really, really cool. I wasn't into him. I mean, I read comics in the nineties. I read Spawn, but not religiously. Uh, and I, I can't remember when I first saw this movie. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or after at some point, but I just remember, cause I haven't really watched it since, uh, until, you know, we did this episode, but I just, I thought it was a much better movie than what it is. You know, like I oh, remember it more fondly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it more fondly than, uh, you know, like after sitting out watching, I'm like, man, there's just, you know, like outside of John Leguizamo, you know, I thought that uh, Michael J. White was okay, but he was still kind of like, I, f- I felt like he was just kind of wooden in, in a lot of ways. Like yeah. uh, there wasn't just a lot of like emotion there sometimes, but there's just, there's not a lot here you know i don't see a a a giant difference between this and blood rain if you really want my honest opinion so your guys's podcast on that which i was not on uh convinced me that i don't need to see that movie so unfortunately (laughs) i can't make the comparison (laughs) you know know, like much like blood rain this feels like a really expensive tv show Mm -hmm. you know like it even opens up like like it's like because buffy came out in 96 (laughs) and by the way We'll get into there's a Buffy alumni in this film. And I'm watching I'm like, did they watch Buffy and tried to fucking like throw Buffy in here to each one of Slayer's Born? You know what I'm like, did they because yeah. it just opens right up with that fuck. We should just get into it because this, yeah. this opening reeks of like 
a studio saying we need to set it up better. I'm like, because there isn't enough fucking talking. Like, I don't fucking. Yeah, it was weird because it does start with um, the exposition of like, I guess the best examples of heaven and hell are dove versus fire. And because you see a lot of that. Let me give you some context for Todd's reasoning for doing heaven versus hell and Spawn being a guy who doesn't want to serve either, even though he kind of chose to pick one side at one point. It's all just a fucking uh, analogy for Todd not wanting to work at Marvel or DC and wanting to go his own path. That's all oh, interesting. That's it. So if you have this fundamental idea that there's two forces, and there's one line in the movie where Violator says, you know, well, I think Wynn goes, well, why Al Simmons? He goes, if it wasn't us, it would have been them. The other side would have mm-hmm. picked them, you know? So there's a hell, there's a war between two sides, Marvel and DC. You know what I mean? And there's a yep. superstar artist, right? Yep. <laughs> and he's going to work for um, hell. He's going to work for Marvel. He's gonna work, but no, he's going to go his own way after he served one master. That's, that is all the, the basis of Spawn is. Yeah. I also want to say Underworld released this year as well in <sighs> May of 97, which um, I thought Underworld did this did not whole vibe. That's like 2000. Yeah, I thought that was a 2000. Oh, you know what? That's a different Underworld movie. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yep, that's the one yeah, with Dennis Leary. I I, oh. I, I know Kevin Grievous. And yep. He was, he was on Deep Space Nine around this time. But it is Underworld, it was, so. Yeah, Sheesh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sheesh. This, this, honestly, this would have benefited from that director. So, uh, but look, that's the context for Spawn. Um, so if you're like, well, does it doesn't make sense. Why did this happen? I'm like, because he never extrapolated it further than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean in terms of the story in this movie? In terms or... of the very, very basic premise. it's a, the, the concept of Spawn is that in screenwriting, there's um, a saying that you either have a situation or a story. And you mm-hmm. know that you have a situation or story if you can easily replace the lead character with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> If you can replace the lead character to anybody, you have a situation. Yeah. If you can't, if it's fundamental to that character, then you have a st- You replace Andy Dufresne, you get a completely different fucking movie in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you replace um, Arnold, if you replace Jean-Claude Van Damme's Guile in Street Fighter, you, it's, it's irrelevant. You know? Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you so Spawn had... is a situation. It, it could have been anyone. You know, and it doesn't make much sense. But the, so this opening's trying to tell you all this in, in in the weirdest way possible. And like it's doing it so quickly, it feels like, you know, in Buffy where they they recap really quickly, like the first episode, they'll do it slowly. And then the next time Giles will in 20 situation into Born Slayer, you know, like in 30 seconds to get on with the show because they're, they're strapped for time. With this one, I'm like. You imagine if the crow started and you had to hear the whole fucking history of the crows mm. and you don't even know what a fucking crow is. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even got a concept of the world you're in when it starts or anything. It's just fire everywhere. Some dude talking and then the fucking CGI logo. Yeah. <laughs> we start, though, like uh, with the whole like uh, sliders uh, intro too. just about just, another wormhole. Uh, yep. But it's just with flames. It's on fire. And did anyone else like feel like this? It took way too damn long. Like I, I sat there and my wife and I were watching. I'm like, after it seemed like five minutes, I'm like, these credits are still going. Like, could you imagine being oh, in the yeah. movie and you're just the like, gl- what the fuck is happening? 
he goes from this to these credits that won't end. Yeah. And the, the director himself gets this crazy animation to his name at the end. It's like, you know, oh, like, yeah, the very last thing. Yeah. Yeah. They were very proud of their fucking. They were proud of their backwards ends and their backwards letters in the credits mm. for no reason. Yeah. that That's like that, um, that nineties typography you'd see like on a, uh, I won't say like a limp biscuit album, but one of those fucking like end of yeah. days. Maybe albums, like a nine you know? inch nails. Corn. Yeah, like power, power. Corn. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy because Todd did a lot of he did a, the cover art for him and Capullo. Oh, he did, did for cover, yeah, and they did an animated corn music video. So that'll be the next sideshow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, this is uh, doves and flames and and exposition, uh, and then the action does. You know, you kind of get your prayers answered there, Chris, because action starts right away, and uh, our hero straight up. Well, you don't see his face until. After he's but done we're his in Hong deed, Kong. So it goes yeah, from sort this, of this this fire thing <laughs> to your look. They said it's Hong Kong. We all know it. <laughs> some fucking airport out in Canada. That you know what I mean. So, so we're in Hong Kong, quote unquote. Um, and apparently he's some assassin type dude pulling off a fucking uh, what was that Splinter Cell before there was Splinter yep. Cell. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about his VR or uh, his? Um his uh night vision goggles because i feel like this is because he puts these night vision goggles on that do look super advanced like something you'd see from splinter cell but um i don't like not how night vision goggles work like he's just scanning stuff and like stuff's popping up and it's it it's ridiculous i wireless internet you know like like, (laughs) like it's it's recognizing (laughs) stuff and just like like Put, give it I all have a VR set. I have a wireless VR set that I hook up to my my fucking internet, and it still can't see shit in the dark without a fucking. I have a um, what do you call it? Uh, infrared illuminator, mm-hmm. so I can play in the dark out in my garage. But like, how is that fucking thing supposed to work? Right? There's just no semblance. Of fuck, and it's not yeah, like that it, piece of tech comes back at some point. Nope. And it's like it seems like they're just like, oh, I really liked what they did in Terminator too. Uh, let's. <laughs> Bring that in here. But let's I, make I it green. Right. Spawn, yeah, just put a green, has a green ectoplasm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, if he was like half the agent that they signed him up to be, then he would be able to recognize his target apart from the people he's not supposed to kill but kills anyway. But that that's really the only <laughs> purpose those binocular type things serve. So, um, And he the, just the whole killing of this seems unnecessary. Like for him to... So he kills everyone in the control tower of the airport and he's got this airplane targeted with uh, another world leader on it, and he sets up, like, a little Roomba with the rocket on it, and it's going <laughs> to fire a missile at the no, plane. No like he, Yeah, exactly. Right, he he couldn't have just done this with a sniper rifle and then run away. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even think of that. Like, <laughs> And, yeah, and none of that tech a, comes like, back either. By the way, this is the same summer the movie The Eraser came out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh man! Right? Okay. Play sort of a what a year. Assassin who's got yeah I know right I <laughs> barely remember going to that I I got duped into that one you know but um it was also the same year the special editions came out if you want to talk about visual effects but hmm. but yeah so he takes a fucking rocket launcher <laughs> to a sniper's fucking thing you know and, mm-hmm. and everyone's standing there so there's a scene where the the rocket they just wanted to do a cgi rocket i guess so yeah so it goes from this fucking whatever to a cgi rocket and then cogliostro is just he's just out in hong kong wearing fucking chilling. yeah which 
it's like you gotta set that one up you know this is probably yeah. you know what though like um and this probably goes back to the fact that the director was like a visual like effects guy but i feel like what ended up happening is like he has it in his mind these like set pieces of what he wants to do and he like writes it like back ass words like writes the scenes to, to justify like putting these uh you know set pieces in in his movie and so he probably like thought like when he was sitting down to do this like i want a big explosion i want this whole thing and so they just like hamstring this whole scene here where it just really makes no sense for the reasons that scotty that you mentioned earlier like if he's a legit like super badass they said he's like the best killer uh has the highest like kill count in the world or something like that like yeah, no wonder because he blows up like whole cities when he goes places. <laughs> he's basically you know? Michael Bay. Yeah, he's Michael assassin. Bay the assassin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like <laughs> they didn't even establish the fact that he needed to kill these like poor air traffic controllers that are probably just minding their own business. Like, right? Oh yeah, with their whoever's, whoever's unloading the luggage. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We didn't even mention that. Not only does he blow up the plane, but he blows up the whole fucking control tower. Somehow he made it out of there. <laughs> But uh, well, yeah, you can't land their fucking plane now because the fucking air traffic control. <laughs> and then he gets so mad later on at uh, Michael Sheen when he's like, "You didn't tell me there were going to be civilians there." And you're like, Martin "You killed them all." You, yeah, you, you killed like, civilians. They were in the like, room when you killed them. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, you started the mission killing civilians. What are you <laughs> yeah. like? Does he think he's like he's oh. like uh, that one Batman skit where he's like, "No, they're napping. I put them to sleep." <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this is so funny! Oh, God. Yeah, so that that sets up our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yep. <laughs> See, and... this is where the movie should have opened up quietly. Good fucking like establishing shots. Get some stock photography of Hong Kong. Fucking to go to your set, make it look like you're in a spy movie. You know what I'm saying? Make it look like fucking yeah, and just three sixty whatever or one eighty. Fucking thing takes out a guy. Something goes wrong. Everyone fucking gets fucking murdered. You know what I'm saying? And and there's a fucking shitstorm with the fucking media, you know, and mm-hmm. then fucking like he ends up they're like, well, we got to fucking murder this dude because he's fucking liability. You know what gotcha. I mean? Gotcha. Like, yeah. Like, and then when he dies, there's your fucking crazy. Turns out he goes to hell. Like, what? You know what I mean? You don't see that coming. But right. they go right out from the beginning and just tell you, no, by the way, there's agents of hell and fucking judges and the, the fires. You know, yep. <laughs> to once in every generation a slayer is born. You're like, I know, man. You know, like yeah, it's I a know. very roundabout way of making him. All right, let's get him really mad so that he quits, and then, but we actually have to kill him on the next mission. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, you can't yep. do it that way. So then enter. So he goes. He does all this shit, right? Yep. And by the way, there's at no point is he working with his partner. Uh, oh yeah, who's played by Paul Rudd's older brother DB Sweeney? Oh, so, I didn't know that was Paul Rudd's brother. That's funny. <laughs> no, he isn't. But I always called him that. Okay, I was like, say, he should be Paul Rudd's fucking yeah. And he played in this movie called The Cutting Edge. If you've ever seen that, where it's a he plays a hockey player who um who goes to hell. To, oh, yeah, basically, he has to become a fucking ice skater in the Olympics with this chick. And it's, oh, so any yeah. any girl from the nineties, man, like go ask your wife about. The cutting edge, Chris. I'm sure she probably she, knows. Save the last dance and he plays skates. a real Paul Ruddish comical character. And in this movie, you don't get any of it. Hmm. You know? And in the comic, Terry was black, but in this one, he's white. I mean, I don't really care about that. But um, you would think during this time, it would be a good, like, if they, because they, fucking what movie? That, um, the Cameron remake, True Lies had come out in 95, right? You would I think, think so. he'd have B.B. Sweeney playing, like, a Tom Arnold, like, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's on the call. Hey, man. Hey, Terry. Don't make sure you don't kill people. I know you want to kill people. You know, I love what do we talk people. about? You know, but <laughs> anger issues, man. You know, you, you always got the anger issues. Again. Yeah. Huh? You got that crazy look in your eye, like you want to go kill people. <laughs> you gonna, did you get the tech? Did you get the tech? You, oh, yeah. you get to use that tech again? You know, you, 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 know. <laughs> like, you didn't use the missile, did you? <laughs> hey, hey, I, I'm only counting six missiles. I'm supposed to have seven. You take yeah. a missile. You take a missile. I mean, like, I take a missile, leave this. a missile. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh boy! So we mentioned the credits already, but yeah, that that great industrial rock kicks in, and then we get a seven minute credit sequence, and then we get actual like story relating to whatever's going on with the clown making a deal with Martin Sheen in his office. Uh, so this is weird. This isn't in the comics. Terry, so their boss, Win never fucking worked with the Malibu. I was, was going to ask if that's even, like, if he's no. even an actual character. So in the comic, like, it's basically Spawn, you just get these flashbacks. He was an assassin. He was murdered by his own country. Made a deal to come back from hell to be with his wife because he kind of, you know, you know, misses his wife or whatever. And then you come to find out that, you know, while he was gone, she married his best friend. And, and, uh, and apparently yeah, that's the work. Or was it in the movie they were only engaged? They weren't actually married yet or something? I, I think it was like a quick throwaway right. line of your fiance, yeah, fiance or something like that. Yep. But the thing was, is the kid is Terry's. That's that, another thing okay. that we couldn't I figure out. Wasn't sure so about that either. Yeah. In the comic, she she has a kid with Terry, hmm. um, Cyan. This is all fucking Terry. So wait, Terry is, is <laughs> I, love how, right? I love how distraught you're getting just about explaining you the actual plot. All these names, all these names are are people from Todd McFarlane's life. Yeah, Al I did Simmons read that in the fact. Terry Fitzgerald's a buddy of his. He's actually associate producer on the film. He used to have Al Simmons walk around in a costume at Comic Con. Hmm. I'm the real Al Simmons. It was like, oh, yeah, you don't do nothing. Okay. <laughs> and then Wanda's actually his wife. And Cyan was his kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, they Al couldn't have kids for whatever reason because <clears throat> he took Gulf War fucking medicine or some shit. And okay. Burn yeah. pits. I'm surprised they didn't try to throw this in here. So apparently, look, in in the idea is that. These are all Todd McFarlane's worst nightmares. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess the worst thing would be I couldn't have a kid, and then they had a kid, and it was with my best friend. You know, like it's very shallow. Uh, you know, not the deepest writer. You yeah, kind of shoehorn shallow. It's fine for a comic, you know, like it it gets by because it's really all about the crazy characters and the monsters and shit he's fighting. But in this, dude, that's not really possible. So, um, you get this scene where. Win, who's who's supposed to be like running literally every shadow government thing there is. He's yeah, kind of like the guy was... from Mass Effect. Was it Mass Effect Two? This well, like, he you know, does Mass... a voice in Mass Effect Two. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, he's that guy basically in Mass Effect Two, where he's like this kind of he he's the guy that's kind of pulling the strings behind everything. He's orchestrating all this stuff. Um, yeah, the Violator is just a shit little fucking stooge. He's the one in the comic who's. The devil basically sends him to just keep, you know, you're on fucking spawn duty. You got to make sure this motherfucker, mm-hmm. you know, learns his to fucking do his business. His baby one day yeah. Him, yeah. Pretty much. And, and he hates it because he thinks he should be fucking the Malbo's, the, the devil's right hand man. You know? Yeah. And you know what, though? That, I thought they did do um, that part fairly well. Like, they're, you know, like they built his character up 
Which is funny because like he, the, like he, uh, Violator is like the, the most interesting say, character in the let's movie. Let's not and say they, any character was built up. Let's just well, no, no, what I mean though is that, <laughs> what I mean is that if they, they had actually <laughs> played into that that sentiment that you just said, Sketch, where he's like he's kind of begrudgingly going along with this plan, but he's mad at Spawn because he wants to kind of be in that role. You know, he wants to 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 be the one uh, to be kind of like leading the uh, hell's armies and stuff right yeah. and, in, and in terms of a straight character arc let's be perfectly honest it's not that fucking it's even in the comic it's like we all thought when it came out because he's a he's got a power meter in the comic of his power meter and no, because no. of the idea that you know he's supposed to fucking lead hell it's like well either armageddon's coming soon or this guy's gonna fucking die and there'll be another spawn and there'll be just that's why it's called spawn and not spawn man or something you know like <laughs> a, a lot of different people will be spawned that never happened oh, okay like it's just, just one fucking dude so hmm. like it's never made any sense that in my opinion so this movie's weird so it opens up with with uh this sequence and then you you get the idea that he has to kill al for a reason you know, which I'm like, yeah. you fucking murder him, dude. Like, you guys are the agents of hell. You can't just murder a fucking dude. Like, I don't. Yeah. None of this makes any sense, right? Nope. So, but they have to be working together because, you know. Wynn also has there. a picture of an atomic, like, nuclear explosion in his Yeah. In the back. Oh, oh, wow. I missed that. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a sociopath. Like, I saw it. Oh, I didn't boy. notice that until last night. I was like, he's got a fucking <laughs> nuclear explosion back. I mean, yeah. like, that's why I came up with this character called Guy Bad, you know, like, mm-hmm. for our fucking magazine. For, we're going to have a character in the magazine as a villain. And his name is Guy Bad because it's like, He's just a bad guy. Look, he's got pictures of nuclear explosions in his fucking. Look, there's a the way Todd used to draw the scenes with Wynn was all in black, but it was like that you know that Venetian blind from The Godfather, mm-hmm. like a giant version of that behind him in a desk and the smoking, you know, the smoking from Smoking Man smoke, you know, yeah, X Files. And I'm like, there's a great visual. Why didn't you translate that? Like they're literally in a fucking Kinko's office. Yeah, like it looks like a back room on a fucking. Extra Probably set. because, like, at this point, like, Martin Sheen's, like, really one of the only names in this, like, big mm, names yeah, in this movie. Had to show his before face. the West Wing, so he was on a bit of a downturn, dude. Yeah, you know, that's probably why he took this role, too. Oh, yeah, he's, hey, man, you know, everyone's got to eat. You he, wanted to be, uh, he wanted to be in a comic book movie, apparently, and here you go. Oh. Never no, again. I don't think he wanted to be in a comic book movie. I don't know, that's a random IMDb <laughs> factoids again. With- you got to also think, though, too, when it was announced, okay, so the dude who played Tyson is going to be Spawn. Okay. Fucking John Logazama is going to play the clown. He's a cartoonish dude. All right. Martin Sheen's going to play fucking Wynn, who looks just fucking like him. Like, mm-hmm. you could almost be like Todd fucking probably just drew Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were like, all right, and then they're going to get this chick playing what, Priest. You know, this will come up later. But then. The scene is just, just in the context of the whole thing. None of this makes any sense. They got to kill Al. They start to he needs to get something. He wants a weapon to start some kind of nuclear some war. It sounds like he wants a missile. And then later on in the movie, he doesn't even want a missile. Like this, he is probably weird. wanted the one that he used in the beginning of the movie. Whoops! Yeah, <laughs> used the wrong missile. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is it's and, the, and the hair. The hair on the clown is so weird. It's like why would any dude? fucking work with like how did how did win meet with the clown how did all that go That's, down yeah you know? not that we needed any more backstory than we were already getting but yeah how does he come across and yeah 
It's weird. He basically promises him, like, if he goes along with his plan, he's going to promise him, like, all these riches and stuff once Armageddon happens. So You're going to get to rule the Hellstone Earth? I don't understand. I guess. <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me, how that was a prize, but yeah. It's like in Superman Returns when he's like, look at this land I own, and it's fucking rotting fish heads. You know, you're like, yeah, no one's going to fucking live here, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this isn't a land grab. This is like, what, what? You created a rock of stinky rock of shit. No one's going to fucking live on, dude. Like, this plot doesn't make any sense. Well, that's also like every, that's also kind of like the, one of the fallacies of every, uh, like, maniacal villain in every story who wants to just blow up the planet and him stay there. Like, it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to, to destroy everything if, if you want to inherit whatever you, you do, you know, like whatever's after that. That doesn't, you know. No. If you were to say, I'm going to write a a Spawn movie, and we're going to adapt the ideas of Spawn into an original script, then the idea of, hey, let's fucking, we got, we got, we got an ability to incite Armageddon, and it's with this dude, and fucking, what if when he dies, like, he sets out, Al actually, while he's gone, sets off Armageddon, and when he comes back to Earth, he has to live in the, the Armageddon world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the God world should have fundamentally, that, <laughs> so to speak, because we have a movie, and we're going to talk about it really soon. Where this feels like there's three different Earths that in this film. There's this one in an office, right, <laughs> and then the airport, right, and mm-hmm. the ballroom scene, like yeah. kind of world, right. Then there's this suburbs, right, where fucking Wanda and Terry live, which is like it's literally bright and happy and green. Mm-hmm. And then there's this Hell City world. Where That's weird, like, man. There's like a with cathedral fucking towers and like a giant fucking population of families living in abject poverty. I was super confused. I thought this was some sort of like limbo, like uh, when I when we because like, like purgatory we, or something. Yeah, yeah, like something like that. Because they have the little boy from Pet Cemetery in there, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "That's where he went after he, that movie." Um, yeah. Imagine if in the, in the Crow film they kept cutting back to just a nice happy world outside of like you know in the end of Blade Runner they added that one in the original Blade Runner cut they added a scene where they oh, go at the end of the drives, movie he drives in he's like there's yeah. forests everywhere and everyone's like what fucking why didn't they just go live there why would they live in this fire hell brim fucking place if that's it, right outside the fucking city walls like it makes no sense you know just the the, the drive and the taxes out there are just killer so they just have so, to stay in the city i sort of feel like what you do is you set up the thing that he's a fucking assassin right you go to your fucking credits you don't do the fucking crazy over the top wwf credits you do something more somber and fucking <laughs> methodical right where you show him creating maybe more trouble around the fucking planet it's getting worse and worse yeah up until the point where he unleashes a fucking this is all about trying to unleash some virus which by the way i forgot whoops well, this is topical. yeah you know what i mean <laughs> we were picking this film i totally forgot about this fucking thing where he unleashes a virus dies in the process right or you know and then when he comes back then you go to hell with him right he mm-hmm. comes back five years later and he's in the world that he caused this fucking problem has to fix it you know like he has yeah, to fix it they could have done that in the time of the credits for sure yeah and so you could have had like this you know it's like kansas where you, you you're not in kansas anymore kid no you know you're in this world where you caused armageddon fucked hard you know what i mean and you gotta fix it you know or you either gotta run it or fix it you know what i mean he chooses to fucking he would choose in that scenario to fix it you know 
versus mm-hmm. serving either heaven or you know you can where heaven wins and the planet's going to be ruled by heaven but if fucking hell wins and you can rule that too do whatever you want he's like i'm going to pick the third part and i'm going to serve the fucking people and we're going to fucking take the shit back from you both and fuck you all then that would be your analogy to todd working on his own you know i've had fucking 20 30 years to think about this stupid fucking movie you know <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like how did they miss this it's like this is just weird tv plotting you know this fucking whole thing, dude. This, 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 and it's the clown outfit alone with the hair just makes a Martin Sheen in a room. I just, I just, the dichotomy of that visual is so weird. The makeup. I like how thing. they keep him in the in the dark for a while, though. Like they don't give you that reveal. I thought that was um, fairly well done, I guess. But did Leguizamo uh, ever talk about how he just walked around squatting all the time? No, I was trying to find behind the scenes stuff of that of him like putting the costume on, but I cannot imagine the pain of this thing. Yeah, because I mean, I'm looking at it; it's not his face in a rubber suit, and there's a little person in there. It's mm-hmm. fucking him, literally squatting down. Like he must be kind of short to begin with, because I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah, it, I remember it, him being short, but not like four feet tall. Right, short like this like thing, Joe Pesci or someone. But mm-hmm. um, um. I will say, yeah, like, as I, as many dumb things we might say about John Leguizamo, he he does hold this film together, though. Could you imagine without him, it, what with this movie would? I, there's he's the whole comedy in the entire movie. Um, That's in quotes, we, but we, yeah. What's that? I said the word comedy is in quotes, but yes, right. But like he's he's a, an interesting character because he does like a lot of just really morbid slapstick stuff. Um, I wonder if any of that was improv. I, I, I imagine was. a great deal of it. <laughs> yeah. um, which By is the funny way, the director referenced... has a writing credit on the screenplay, just so you know. Who does? Um, the director. Oh, okay. It, yeah. The um, he references a lot of other like films and stuff in this movie. Like Star Wars is referenced. Um, like he, I ma- think, he uh, makes a fucking. He doesn't make an Arnold. He makes the Saturday Night Live Arnold goof. The uh, the pump you up guys you've been violated oh, yeah. really yeah. bad you know he actually like, makes an apocalypse now reference later on yeah. in the movie too. there are two it's, actually it's all here yep yeah it's which is yeah that was funny um let's see uh, do we want are we gonna do like the beat for beat I don't think um, we need to because there's so little okay. that happens in some scenes that jump around so much. Okay. Uh, we've kind of laid the groundwork on, um, well, so, okay. Yeah. So this is the convoluted part where he walks in and says he's quitting or is that what you were going to lead into sketch? You no. Know, so, okay. So in this room, so in the comic, the guy who, so Wynn had a right hand, he had two right hand guys, hmm. Alice oh, yeah. and Chapel from Youngblood. Okay. Chapel's a character that Rob Liefeld came up for a character called Youngblood. Youngblood was like the superhero, like, like the, uh, <laughs> How do I say? They're like the Avengers um, uh, reality TV, right? So imagine they're like superheroes for the government who kill, you know, and they're celebrities. And Chapel was this guy with the skull on his face who was kind of like the bad boy of the bunch, you know, like the mm-hmm. one gone wrong. And Chapel's the one who ends up murdering Al Simmons, which he find out later. Hmm. They can't use Chapel because Todd didn't own the rights. So they created a new character called Priest. Get it? Chapel? priest yeah uh and in the comic there's an, an angel there's a the angels are all female and there's this one called angela who hunts spawn she appeared in issue nine um but the rights to angela were an issue even at this point because neil gaiman the writer the guy who created sandman and stardust a bunch of other fucking things yeah hmm. 
he wrote that issue and there was this rights fucking battle over her um especially with this movie because she appeared in the fucking licensing and stuff she has one cameo in this film the character which since then neil gaiman has won those rights to angela and then he gave it to marvel as a fuck you to todd so angela's mm. now in the thor universe so there's a really good fucking chance she could appear in a thor movie at some point um so this priest character i was like certainly she's she'll be the one that comes back at the end right she'll be yeah. like and now i'm a i'm a she's because she there is a she's she spawn the there is now in the comics a oh, she's so i was like she'll come back as like a she spawn or some fucking thing but that never happens so he mm-hmm. just fucking she he she here she's working with win um her engines made no sense yeah it makes no sense she was actually she's been in a, a lot of stuff but she Belinda was clark is her name yeah, I knew her from Seinfeld. She was in the Muffin Tops episode, right? <laughs> and, she, and Jerry shaved his chest, and she loved to shave chest. Like <laughs> she apparently was also in a few episodes of Xena, Warrior Princess. Okay, so, I can believe okay. that. <laughs> sure, you yeah. wanted to know that one. Yeah, they, they, there you go. Um, so fucking Al comes back, and he's like, "I'm gonna quit. I want out." He's like, "You can't get out." <laughs> what you mean you think you're out you're never out and then he immediately goes but if you want out we'll let you yeah. I'm like what is this shit like in the same <laughs> fucking scene dude it's kind of like you ever seen that 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 skit on uh, the Chappelle show where Charlie Murphy's talking about uh, Rick James is for crazy fucking shit and then they actually go to Rick James and Rick James is like I never fucking did that yeah. and then the same thing like, yeah, I, I did totally that. fucking did that yeah <laughs> Um, you know what though like this goes back i mean this is like this is the one of the very first moments where you see like um al simmons's character is just a freaking idiot like he just like he doesn't he's not aware of his surroundings at all like he just kind of just kind of bumbles through this movie um just not aware of like anything that's happening like if this guy is really the greatest assassin ever like you don't think he could see this coming you know, like it was this way in the on. comic. He was never much of a God. character. It was almost like the character was just sort of our point of view, right? Like mm-hmm. this world's for us to figure out what's going on. And it, look, I stick with it because the art's fine, and it and it it's a very I, again. I gotta say, the Image comics were very action figure like. You know, the 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 story was no deeper, worse, or better than Masters of the Universe or anything like that. You know, like. Sure. Those weren't deep stories. G.I. Joe's not a deep fucking story. Mm-hmm. You know? It's G.I. Joe. It's National action Union pieces. Like, like, yeah, it's action pieces. In a comic book form. Yeah. But when you go to make a movie, you better fucking figure yep. out a story, you know? And this priest character, I figure maybe she'll have some fucking arc. So she's there smoking fucking wind cigarettes. So, you know, they I guess they're together somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's not so, the only thing she's smoking. Hey, right. And, <laughs> and then she, then, then Al goes to fucking, where does he go? He goes to China, right? He goes to China. Wuhan. Apparently Wuhan. He's <laughs> trying not to do that, buddy. And so, <laughs> and then like, when is there? Yeah. You know, like, that doesn't, like, when, yeah. That's my How am I, None of it. You couldn't just fucking murder him in his office. You yeah, know, like that was another that scene chair. that could have turned into what the story was going to be. Is like he tries to escape from the office, but he gets killed there instead of like the next mission or whatever, you know? And the thing is, like, it, they didn't do the thing where it would have made sense where, like, we need him to do this for us and then we'll kill him. Like, no, he didn't even really do much of anything. Like, they could have done it, too. 
because yeah. they were already there. Or he'll just, he'll do this thing and it'll actually unleash the virus, which we want, right? And then that'll inadvertently kill him. Which if he wanted to get out of, he wanted to have. See, Todd's just trying to find a supplement for Chapel. Who? But mm-hmm. Chapel was his best fucking like. Terry was his best friend, and Chapel was like his best killing friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of friends, buddy. <clears throat> so if it, really, if you got to pare it down, it kind of should. I guess you guess Terry should have been the one, but Terry's a good guy, so you can't have Terry kill him. Who kills him? Well, Wynn's got to kill him. Well, then you don't need Priest. Then really he like, sprays him with some weird goo. It's like basically like uh, like that the ooze weird. from Team NT2. Yeah, or this virus, which all you, I all guess. You gotta do is, you know, he likes to blow everything up. Give him a missile. She'll go airborne. Kill him. Kill everyone else. Bomb done. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so, weird. hey, by the way, wasn't 1997 the year Austin Powers came out? Yes, this is the same, it was. Yeah, a lot same of them was. Yeah. Yep. I think maybe the second one. Maybe, Be- but yeah, better visual effects than Austin Powers. <laughs> Well, it's got that going <laughs> <You> for it. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> you know. I, the, mean, uh, I want to mention real quick that the only thing that I felt tied the um, priest character and uh, Win together was the fact that she had a tarantula crawling on her, a tarantula crawling on her for no reason, and he had some scorpions on his desk for no reason. I didn't understand ashtray. that. Yeah, but I guess Scorpion like you guys mentioned, ashtray. the director's a visual guy, so that symbolizes evil. Well, I yep. thought maybe she's the replacement for Angela since they weren't going to do the Angela storyline in this, you know? Like, she's like a hybrid of Angela and Chapel. Probably, right? so they don't have to introduce yet another character. But, no. So, in the comics, they ended up getting rid of Angela after the, the whole battle, and they they created another character, I think it was Glory or something, who looks just like this chick, by the way. Mm, okay. So, for anyone who cares. So. <laughs> what did you guys think of the um like spawn's actual like uh like the makeup and stuff of of his face and everything of him being which we're talking about that too like here's the fundamental problem with it right so the problem is it's clearly michael j white in makeup right right yep okay mm-hmm. which is fine in the comic on... when he came back so he got powers right he, he looked like a corpse he's like well i'm gonna turn myself human when he turns human he turns into a white guy in the comic, he goes, "What?" I, I, and that's when he finds out I'm not white. I'm, a, I'm black. So then he goes to his fucking in, in the comic. He goes to his grave, digs up his corpse. His corpse is in there. Whatever he is, ain't his body. Oh, weird. It's him, but it's not his body. Huh. I couldn't have seen them getting away with that in this movie, though. That would have been not viewed well. So I he, don't think, he, was, so. he would have done whiteface in this movie. You're saying? You know what? Yeah, but you know, here's the thing, though, dude. Like. He becomes the, a white guy ends up murdering, right? In this case, it'd be Win. What right. if, when, like, dude? So Tarantino gave a review, gave an interview once with you know who Sway is. Yep, that's the guy so, from uh, MTV. Yeah, so he has a show on Sirius or whatever. So he did uh, um, an interview with Sway when he was promoting Django and Chain, and they were asking him about you know Tarantino was saying you know he had reservations about asking a bunch of black actors to go out in a field and be chained up, you know, and all that imagery, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess he's friends with Sidney Poitier, and Sidney Poitier said, you know, look, this is the this is the setting the movie to, you, if you're going to be afraid of your own fucking film, don't make the movie. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to make a movie where it's about a black man, you know, who comes back from the fucking, he's a, you know, comes back from the dead, and he can't be even who he, he can't, he's not even black, what is he? Am I human? What am I? 
that's a fundamental pro- question to ask that never gets dealt with in this. It's clearly just Al Simmons, and it looks right. like Al Simmons. Yeah, so, I, and I think that like I, I I can certainly understand that from like some from your standpoint, sketch where you've read all the comics and stuff. But like, I don't think it's necessarily a problem. It's another example of them not doing a whole lot of like character development. But, but that character it, thing that right that would on its own, there. I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing. Like you just have him come back, and you can t- still tell it's him, but he's just all burned up. Um, I guess uh, that makes sense, but. Um, I thought that the makeup actually is like was pretty decent for his, like just his face. Like you could tell it's like scarred. It looks like you know that weird like shininess, like that burn skin and stuff gets, um, and like like scarring and stuff. It has that going for it and stuff too. And like it, I thought that looked good. And I thought the spawn suit actually looked pretty good too. Yeah. Um, like he looked awesome in it. Like he's super buff. He looks like a badass. And I I I believe like that's. They're not necessarily like putting in a bunch of padding and stuff because Michael J. White's a, a monster, and so that's probably all him in there. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I thought the the like you said the skin looked good, and I thought the suit did look good once it was all assembled and stuff. Uh, he he looked a little wonky when he was actually running around in it, but I guess mm-hmm. you know they didn't want to make every movement that he was doing in the suit all I CG. Guess the scene in the ballroom where you can actually after you get shot where you, you can get the Batman shot. <laughs> he could see you could see like he's wearing like tennis shoes oh yeah in the kitchen in the when he's laying on yeah. the ground for a yeah. second there <laughs> yeah it's pretty good pretty yeah i thought it looked all right though um the cape is the coolest thing which is probably why we see very little of it but um yeah it was it only could go so far yeah they they did it was another throwaway line with how and you sort of started to touch on his like life bar or his power bar in the comic sketch but like he is told very briefly that his you know the suit's powers are based on his um strength and like don't let it run out but that never comes up again that never is like never comes uh, up again and then they invent some new rule where i'm like oh they watched highlander huh where he goes and you, if you lose your head you will, you know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even no get, sense. I didn't even hear that part. It, it wow, it doesn't make any sense because one, he doesn't have a body. It's not a body with the brain, right? With ribs, and there's a, even a whole sequence. It's episode, it's issue four of Spawn where he gets into a fight with a violator, and they're just ripping each other's limbs off because they don't really have, they don't function, they don't breathe, mm-hmm. they don't have organs. They, you know, it's the ectoplasm that keeps them going. So. I'm like, who added that stupid fucking Highlander? Get off your head and you know, you know. You know it like, also doesn't really make sense that like he's even burned either. What, if you really think made, about it. Well, yeah, the idea is that he's a rotting fucking corpse, and they made him burn because they mm-hmm. lit him on fire. But I'm like, yeah, but he's like, hell, he's, he's be not fire in hell. Yeah, like why does he even still have his like own? body like i mean Dude, it's dead. Look, he goes look. back to the there's a scene where like you cut you touched on it sketch but he does go and find his uh, to his grave and he digs it up no and, like, no no the violator takes him to his grave he, he teleports him around right yes 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 he does the whole like uh was it um part of the christmas like, special version yeah. it's the violator version of the batman tv show you know just about yeah that would have made as much sense with the like flaming cape transitions we had a couple of times i laughed the first oh, time right. i saw that because mm-hmm. i was like just do the fucking star wipe while you're at it but that's you know. funny uh, uh, but yeah so he does go to his grave and dig it up uh which is funny because there's like these like these like kids there that are like satan kids though there literally and, could have been extras from the show and by the way if everyone's wondering i love buffy i'm just saying that's a tv show you know what i mean so yeah. 
I mean, like, this movie's totally on the level of like a CW TV yeah, show. Yeah, that is yeah, and everything. Yep, yep. But um, it, what's weird is that he digs up his grave and he opens his casket and his body's in there. But then it does this weird thing where like this ghost like grabs him by oh. the throat for like a second and then just goes away. Like that. What does that even mean? Like what was that? Was that like know. his like body or soul? But like what? It's, there's so many problems here. Like just from a a logical standpoint, like why is his body there if he's in his own body? Why is there a weird specter in his body? Maybe he saw Frighteners the year before. The director <laughs> and was like, "We got which put also the had better special effects than this. Yeah, way better special yeah, effects. Yeah. Like, that's not even. I yeah, didn't like the movie, awesome. but I was like, these wraiths are fucking awesome. And when they showed back up in the Lord of the Rings, I'm like, smart. Kept the fucking race from Frighteners. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was. This isn't a Frighteners movie but, or show, but I, I liked it for what it was. It was good to see Michael we'll, J. Fox. We'll, we'll have to cover that at some point. But yeah, yeah visual effects wise, far better film. Mm-hmm. Maybe that hand was like the last glimpse of him trying to reach out for the illusion that he wanted to hang on to. And that was when he realized, yeah. nope, I'm not there anymore. I, I would have totally been on board with that if they would have, like, you know, explained it. Or something. But this is something like, where they could have shown. Look, the crow does these images where he, you know, he, he mm-hmm. first he crawls out of the grave. It's to music. Oh, you know what I mean? God, he has these so memories good. of his wife. They're they're fragments. You know, it's it's not like they go and try to. If they wrote it all out, you know what I mean, and said it to you, it wouldn't work. Right. If they show it to you in the way he's ex- re-experiencing his life, and and when it gets too when it, it when it goes catastrophic, he unrage he rages and fucking lashes out and goes after the people who murdered him like and it does it all without any this fucking movie will never shut up you ever notice that <laughs> you're like fucking shut up movie like just fucking for one second just show me something just mm-hmm. show it there's you know even there's a scene later on where straight out the comic where you see spawn on a rooftop and his cape is you know hanging out it's from, yeah it's, that's like half the skyline yeah and i'm like that's and it, but i'm like it it lasts so little you know, like there's they try to fit where... it in, but it's just gone. Yeah, yeah. And this scene right here in the the fucking first off, the graveyard is it's so bright, like they way overlit that fucking graveyard. <laughs> yeah, which is very weird considering how many dark alleys and dark offices we had before this scene. And this was season two when they were doing season two of Buffy, by the way. And so, like, they were still doing dark ass fucking. Uh, well, the first season they actually shot in a real graveyard, which Joss was saying when on the on the audio commentary, he's like, "Yeah, that that did that was really tough." Um, <laughs> but when they they they, they build the graveyards on sets with season two, but even then they kept fucking shadows. This mm. is not there's no shadows, man. They're out there. They're having some kind of satanic ritual. Something, yeah. You know, and he's like stabbing something. And he's larping, and then, and then looks like Scott Stapp from Creed. And fucking... <laughs> we need more Scott Stapp. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it was. Kind of <laughs> and then I almost feel like the the the, the tubby guy, the little psychic. You should have got that dude from Mallrats. That, that guy who's all buff now. That guy would have. Been oh there. yeah, yeah. Oh, for one of the that. the worshippers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then they go to pick a fight with him somehow. Yeah, like, for don't... some reason that didn't make sense. Maybe they were just drunk. I don't know. He's trying to have that like Terminator sequence where he runs against those punks. Right. Give you me know, a like, for a walk. Another, another little fucking. But look, if this were a hellscape, you know, apocalyptic fucking Earth, 
then there could just be fucking Mad Max games rooting around. He this would be a perfect chance for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know, man, dude. And this is the first time we see the costume, right? Mm-hmm. right? Is this where we see the costume the first time with the spikes and shit? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, he is in the costume, but what's, he's only in the mask, like a a few scenes in the movie. Like it's well, that's the same the reason. Face. Yeah, that's yeah. the same reason you never see uh, Iron Man barely in his full suit of armor. Mm-hmm. You know, all that crap. But um, you do during the action sequences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we almost skipped over your favorite part, Chris, the maggot pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. That's in the next scene um, where John Leguizamo eats the pizza, and there's actually like maggots on it. Yeah, and he actually in that are. scene he actually really ate the maggots, and I guess he vomited like immediately after. Why would you um, ever fucking do that, dude? <laughs> he's dude. He's like uh. Why would you? Well, is that because Nicolas Cage ate a cockroach in a uh, fucking leaving Las Vegas fucking? Maybe, movie? but he's just. Uh, I would never on your phone. I don't care what the fuck you're paying me, dude. Not even fucking <laughs> oh, I bad. would. Um, yeah, could they not have added up. that in post or something? Like the fucking yeah, VXFN? The, 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 the special effects look like in this? You would trust them to make maggots? Yeah, no, they could have just been gummy maggots on that fucking pizza when you pick it up. They don't have to move around. They move I around know, in the close-up. Right. Like, this is yeah, so there's, So there's this thing, like, every once in a while where, like, there's this green stuff that comes out of his eyes and stuff. Is that is that related to the green stuff that she, like, sprayed on him before they no, lit him on fire? No, it's just ectoplasm. Look, they just, just – okay. why they made the virus that she sprayed on him green, I'll never know. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of stuff that confuses me about this movie. Like, yeah, and, and, no... and, and I paid attention. I put my phone down. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> You know, like, I wasn't, like, on my phone midway through and just kind of, like, looking up. I watched this whole thing, and I was still, like, really confused on certain, in in a lot of places, I'll say. But Mm -hmm. I digress. Yeah. And I guess the next thing is when we finally, like, really meet Cogley Ostro, uh, where he kind of, like, tells him what's going on. Like, Cog in the comic looked old as shit. He had Um, a beard, too, right? Long-ass beard. I get it. You you get the actor. This actor is the guy who played Merlin in the movie Excalibur. Yeah, he's pretty well, like a a well-versed actor, and unfortunately this was his his last last role. fucking film. Oh, no, really? He passed away after this? (laughs) No, he passed away in 2011. Oh, so he just didn't get work. (laughs) This is what did it. Not in this country. Oh, poor guy. Oh, man. Uh, Rest his soul. I I kept in my brain until he said his name. I'm like, it's it's just Van Helsing, isn't it? Is it Van Helsing yet? You know, but yeah, I thought he was like supposed to be some sort of like um like ancient Knights Templar or something like that. Like that's what I He's kept a, he from was it. A, he was a spawn. So there's supposed to be spawns throughout time. You find this in Spawn issue nine where it goes to the medieval times and there's huh. a medieval spawn in the knight's armor with this like all spawned like a James out Bond sort of thing. And that's where you find out <clears throat> um, no, just that there's different ones throughout time and which one will be the one that's going to actually lead. The armies of hell through why why doesn't the Malboja fucking lead the armies through hell right i, I mean when the yeah. devil lead fucking why do you need a general they could because have even just done some a, throwaway line where it's like he's too big to squeeze through the portal i don't know because because todd was writing himself you know back in the day so you know that's really the real reason for it um <clears throat> but what was i saying oh so the issue nine is where you find out about angela that there's angels at hunt spawns too hmm. so Yep. That would have been too much plot. So he's basically <laughs> Cog is basically a former spawn 
who chose not to be a part of the game and just roams the earth getting drunk doing nothing. And he yeah, reminded me break. of the dudes in Monster Squad, like in the opening scene that sort of come back and whatever. Do you know uh, what again, I'm talking about? Far Chris? better visual effects. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? yeah. Right. Oh, they're all also the same fucking by the way, opening the Monster Squad, very similar to the opening to Captain America, the first Avenger. Just saying. I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I will too. I don't even remember that opening scene. But I will believe you. Uh let's see here. What are we even talking about? I don't even know. Oh, the entrance of Cog and yeah. uh just like you don't they... really know what you are, do you? Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> and then we get, then the next scene though, I I referenced it earlier and I think we should just make mention of it just so it would make sense to people listening who've not seen this. Like the next scene is uh basically uh you know, Al, he's coming to uh like the A6 headquarters which is like where Wynn is at. Uh you know what gonna... A six is a reference to? What? It's a playoff Bob Lazar's S four. Ah that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. S four, yeah. baby. Um and so Wynn is there and he's like kind of revealing his master plan. Um and he puts this like mini disc in uh the C D drive and, it, and it's labeled just with like a it's a really so like cheap you know, like Evil like plan. label maker, it just has special ops so good. on it. <laughs> like, like, oh my god! And it's just, it's like this really Weird. bad, like CG, like graphics that that is like it's heat sixteen. It's gonna make what do you say? It's gonna make like coronavirus look like the cold. He doesn't. Yep, say that's what he said. But... That's yep, verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically that um and so he he reveals like that he's basically and it you know what though like to its credit it does harken back like it there's a thread of of like uh a plot here because that's where um he gets like this virus is where he like went to that chinese wuhan lab and i think that's where he got the i guess original like formula or whatever for this uh this virus and he continued to develop it and now he's somehow mastered it into this like really uh deadly virus that he's planning to unleash and kill everybody basically in the comics al was gone for five years is what it was and in this too oh yeah it's kind of a throwaway but he was gone for five years in this as well but they don't really get into it but that's why the the daughter's five years old because terry which means she didn't wait very long I mean, we're talking like at the funeral, like right after the funeral. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, oh, yeah. So he, and his plan, though, is that he's also he he has an antidote for it or whatever, or like uh, in, uh, not an immunization. What's the other other word? Like uh, vaccination. Vaccination. Vaccine? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He has a vaccine for mm-hmm. this thing, and so that's how he he's like going to basically monetize this. Like he's going to unleash the virus. Everyone's going to get sick. He's gonna be like, oh, by the way, I have this vaccine, but you all have to buy it. You know, for this me, is the fifth me. fucking time they keep changing the, his his motivation. Yeah, that <laughs> so never comes up again either. The vaccine. And at first, thing with the violator in his office, it seems like they're trying to cause Armageddon, but he's going to get to rule the planet. Now it's <laughs> I'm going to get the vaccine. I've been <sighs> developing it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. Even though I'm a government agency who can gets all the funding I want, I'm going to sell the vaccine uh, so we make money, you know? Like, and it will change again, by the way. Towards the, mm-hmm. <laughs> changes again. Changes again. I also want to say, too, there's a sequence you see throughout the film, and at the very end, you kind of it kind of shows up, 
where you see these TV news reporters, right? So in the comic, Todd would do this thing where he'd want to do a, uh, an exposition or information dump. And he'd take a full mm-hmm. page. And it would be three different reporters. Um, and each one would tell you what was going on. It'd be the same like news bit, like say Al Simmons died. And it would be mm-hmm. three di- the way the media tells it three different ways. You'd get the CNN version, you get oh, the MSNBC version, and then the third version was the was the literally the Michael Savage, Alex Jones, fucking crazy kook. And every fucking issue, that guy, the the, the he was just kind of like he looked just like Michael Savage, but older. Um, he would fuck it. every issue. He'd be working for a different place. <laughs> you know, you oh, look at the funny. logo; it would always be different. Like, yeah, I got fired again. And so there's this one sequence where. So it was a, a dude, a chick, and a, this old guy. The chick had um, that Pulp Fiction bob cut. She's in this film, and she's the one working with Terry. Uh, that crazy kook is actually in the first sequence. You can see it. But the chick who's got the bob cut, the the, the sorry, the um, what do you call that? The the that haircut from Pulp Fiction, right? The yeah, I know what you're talking. I just don't know what it's called. The actress, she played Jen, Jenny Callender in Buffy. Hmm. Jenny Callender was this techno pagan, and she was murdered by Angel in season two. That's going to be my new gamer tag. Oh boy! Yeah, te- she was a techno pagan. <laughs> so, and this was right after she like finished that season. So I'm like, I'm like fucking Jenny Callender's, and I'm like, I knew they were watching Buffy. Like, <laughs> like they probably the just had it on like in the background. Had because the opening is totally fucking like the Buffy thing, you know, like so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jenny Callender's in this, and she's so apparently she's a person that you see later. Terry is feeding the info to, and she's actually interviewing him at the end. But it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. There's that the interview Scott you sent mm-hmm. us where you know, um, oh, Michael with, J. White's uh, talking yeah. about how the director cut out story. I think that's one of the the plot the thread lines that Terry <laughs> was like leaking this info to the media. You know, to be a whistleblower, and I mean, and it's done in the most asinine way in the movie. But, it doesn't make know. any sense. Yeah, that whole last scene doesn't really make sense, but whatever. Let um, me email this to you. Can we talk about the party? Like that? I they they never really sequence. say what the, is the reason for the party at all, or do or did I miss have that? That really big shot. Yeah, that's so. It. You guys remember the show uh, SCTV? We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. The Canadian so one, right? Throughout, I'm not going to reiterate what that show is. Go fucking watch the other episodes. But <laughs> this, so every now and then they'd have a storyline that would go in between the different skits, and one of them was Johnny Larue, John John Candy's character, um, is going to direct this fucking movie that's like Chinatown. It's like a Chinatown knockoff, and Brian De Palma has that those giant crane shots that he's known for. So Larue wants to do this crane shot, and it fucking nearly bankrupts the entire fucking oh, TV dear. station. <laughs> and he's so like the he's like crane shot, crane. The, the guy running the studio goes fucking crane shot, crane shot. You know, like crane shot. And we, and we get to this ball, and I go crane shot. My wife goes, I don't fucking want to hear you talking about that fucking. Oh, TV. <laughs> this was all done. I mean, you see more more time is spent on this one shot with that pan down at that buffet table. Than any real spawn sequence, you know what I mean, by yeah. himself. Like, what was the, did did you guys catch? I mean, I don't know how you could miss it. The the lady wearing the spawn earrings. That's Angela. Why? So that's what why. So in the comic, so what she would do is when she killed the spawn, they would turn into a medallion, and that's the spawn oh, medallion, and she would wear them as ornaments. She has an interesting dress too. It's it's like this weird like kind of like 
jade looking outfit it, it does not go like everyone is in like uh like suit and like, tu- like uh, tuxedos and like and nice black tie it's, oh, it's yeah it's a black tie event she's in this like weird green dress Again, has, this like, would have been thing. an interesting character move to when al comes back and he he realizes who he used to be but he's literally not that man anymore like even physically he's not that guy anymore he's trying to pick up the rivalries of his human life but she's hunting him down he's part of a larger game now you know yeah. what i mean i and wonder so, if go ahead i'm sorry this would have been a place where it's like you gotta this isn't fucking cog would be like hey that old life is gone killing humans ain't gonna matter everyone's gonna fucking die dude you know what i mean like i wonder if if this was like a, a just a, a piece of like one of the story plots that got uh yeah thrown away like yeah. maybe in the original she had a a much bigger part in it but they just because they killed priests off in two fucking seconds right here you know yeah i was i wasn't sure if like i was so lost and not paying attention that for some reason that was priest for a second because i did have to rewind i was like wait no she's a redhead that's not the other lady who's blonde uh whatever (laughs) well that's angela and you only know that if you that's why when michael j white goes yeah i guess if people read the comic would know what things were but they wouldn't yeah you know and i'm like yeah having angela as you would think hey Agent of, of of hell would probably have to fight an angel at some point. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like, in in Cog could have been that guy who's been evading fucking angels the whole fucking time. Like they're I don't know. Man, I dude. thought he was like an angel the whole time. You know, yeah, like we I, all thought he wasn't a comic <laughs> until it came out he was a spawn. I'm like well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But look, dude, again, when you write a fucking you. If you're going to be handed something, Batman has a hundred different origins, right? Yeah. A hundred yeah. different ways to tell that story. You come in with an angle and a way to tell a Batman movie that translates that shit. This does not do any of that. You know, yeah. it, literally, it's like, oh, look, there's a fucking Easter egg and there's that thing. And if you know it, you'll get the fucking thing. And it's like, wink, yeah, wink. that's not going to wink, wink. I was almost waiting for him to say cog's mom's name was fucking martha you know what i mean we could have like <laughs> why did you say that <laughs> yeah what's your <laughs> you know oh, we should geez. do a fan edit of this where we just anytime they say wanda we change it to martha that'd be <laughs> good martha yep edit, you know? yeah, oh. yeah uh i want to mention you know one of those classic lines where he gets shot by uh, spawn gets shot by priest a bunch and then he like falls into the kitchen and you see the uh the bullet holes um, just close up on their own, and he just goes, "Damn!" <laughs> you imagine if that was in Crow, you know, where it just kind of real homeboyish all of a sudden, you know, when it, that that when his hand gets shot through and it, it heals up, right? And he's looking through it, and he goes, "Boy, yeah, you know? <laughs> what I'm talking damn, son, something it? real bad, yeah." To, to make a Buffy fucking line when when uh the guy who played fucking the werewolf oz he was in that can't hardly wait when he was doing the wigger fucking thing right mm-hmm. he's like i'm going i'm totally going to like fucking um. <laughs> it's got the backpack full of lube and shit <laughs> like <laughs> i was just hoping he'd be like i'm getting too old for this shit i was been a person. He, well he does say <laughs> almost that i think yeah or something later on um I, I just remembered this. I remember, I think this is when I was watching Sci-Fi Channel, and I remember like a behind-the-scenes thing of the director saying his favorite part of the skull, or uh, of the Spawn costume was the crotch skull because of this scene. <laughs> and I'm just like, sure, okay. Because uh, what's-her-name oh, Priest tries it, to it, knee him right in the crotch, okay, but the crotch right, skull yeah. grabs it. What's so, that? 
the director was part of these guys <laughs> called Band from the Ranch or whatever, where they they got they all defected from Lucasfilm and created their own little studio. It didn't last long. Huh. Half oh, the fucking gags in this are from the mask. I gotta figure they worked on the mask. Oh yeah, right. yeah there's one that like yeah, yeah. There's yeah. one with, Vind- with Vindicator or whatever uh, his name is um, later yeah. on, where yeah. yeah, Violator, where it literally is like a, taken right off the mask. Like it at the end of the movie, when he shows up out of nowhere, he just starts doing for no fucking reason at all all the mask gags. Mm-hmm. Like, like like hey, we forgot all these other mask gags. We can just throw in because I got these plugins lying on my computer. You know what I mean? I can just plop them in, and boom, we got the fucking mask in there. Now we got the mask too, man. We're gonna Control win another like, We're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, so this sequence, she she just gets waxed. <laughs> yeah. Waxed She's in, she has a semi badass moment, kind of. I don't know. It was. It in felt like five a throwaway. Years, she hasn't in five years. She hasn't gained any new talents. She just. What's funny, she says, like, you don't have the guts. <laughs> it's like, this guy yeah. is an assassin. It's like yeah. what he does. Like, <laughs> I think he does have the guts. To do he that. came back like, from what? the dead. Like, what does he care? I mean, you know, oh, and, no, and no genuine shock of, like, what the fuck? How the fuck is this motherfucker? Get the fuck out. Like, just. And I, I think I think Melinda Clark does this role fairly well. Like, you know, like, you see this type of character in uh, many other movies. And for, you know, for her credit, like to her credit, I think she does it fine, but they don't help her very much with the the, hey, the, the dialogue that she has to use. Was it 97 the year Starship Troopers came out? Yes, yep. it was also. Okay, just to say another fucking... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, there you go. All right. Yeah, the uh, did you guys see the wire when he uh, he's up on the balcony and he's running around and then a bunch of special forces guys or whatever are shooting at him and he falls out the window. Yeah. There's a little wire on his foot. They're all they oh, all God. have white rifles. By the way, this is like like the Arlington National Guard or some shit, dude. Like you know, mm. it's fucking weird. Man. And this is like the only scene when he he basically has to jump out of a window because. All these guys come in, like you're just saying, Scotty. Um, so he jumps doesn't out of make the window. any sense because he just absorbed bullets, but now he's scared right. of getting shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best part is he gets to pretend to be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I was going to say. Is like because of Todd really McFarlane ever... reference, because Todd they... drew Spider-Man before Spawn, and so now they actually put the '70s Spider-Man gag where he's hanging off the side of a mm-hmm. building and trying to crawl up it. Yeah, he gets like suction yeah. cup hands, and he goes, "Holy oh, oh, shit!" Oh, no, no. The hands he got from Soul Reaver. Now, what year did oh, Soul God. Reaver come out? <laughs> oh. Yeah, because they turned into this like weird, like, um, like two, three finger thing. It's but it, it Reza, never does that Raziel, ever. It, again, yeah, Raziel or whatever. Yeah. Um, but his suit never really does that again in throughout yeah, the rest no. of the movie. It never like morphs. Dude, well, he was in a, like, a motorcycle at some yeah. fucking point, bro. Like, I, think, like... <laughs> I think he was on the motorcycle, and the, like the the cape did something. Like we'll get to that, I guess. But um, this was God, man. It's this movie is just all about like all of these different. I think they each just got like stuff that they wanted to put in the movie. Like all the like the main creators, whether it was like Todd McFarlane, the director, some of the writers. Like well, I just I feel like movie. I I just it 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 feels like it's just everyone's like little pet projects and they got their like favorite little stuff and it's just this hodgepodge of of 
they could have done a thing where where he's out again on the ledge of the building, and then the cape camouflages him into looking like a, a part of the building. That was and, cool. I thought that was a really cool part. Yeah, that was cool. And then, but then for some reason he goes back to normal. And they could have done something with yep. like, oh, I can't, I don't know, hold my breath this long, or like my powers are waning, <laughs> right. so I can't keep this act up. Like, why did he turn back to normal? <laughs> I like how chunks of the building just break off like that mm-hmm. building's just like that whole, it, it, no buildings are built like that. You know what I mean? Like the whole fucking building would cave with all the furniture on it if shit just broke so yeah. easily. Like it's just like maybe he has like two, like spawn points or whatever and when he uses it too much. Nah, I he get has it. To, like well, that, recharge. In the comic he did, he had a power meter. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. well the problem with the power meter was was, you know, I did it as like a thing, but then like he would run out and then he'd be dead. I'm like, yeah, that's what we all thought would happen. And then you'd get an, and maybe a spawn would last one day. Maybe some of them would last 20 issues. You know what I mean? Like there would be different spawns. We didn't know you were going to fucking do like Al Simmons. Al Simmons is not a fucking bro. Even in the comics, he's not a character. You go, man, fucking love that Al Simmons. Like yeah. it just doesn't. He's there's no character. To well, there, yeah, there's, there's nothing to love or hate in this, really. It's nothing. It's the suit really is like the star of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it just, just so happens to be that this and really should boring have a Venom like, like personality, you know what yeah. I mean? It, yeah. It Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the voice of Malboja is Fred Welker, by the way, the guy did, you know, endless eighties cartoons. Mm, okay. Oh, like so, was, was, was he the guy that did um like a, uh, uh, in Transformers, did he do yeah. that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. G. Megatron G. Million, or whatever. Million yeah, million yeah. Million. Okay. And so sense. I was like, probably should have got Fred Welker to do the voice of the suit. If there's one thing you're going to add to the movie oh, God, that, that would, would awesome. actually help. It would be giving that suit the fucking. You think this shit is because they they have to have the, they, someone. They were like, well, we have to have someone explain to Spawn what's going on, so he knows what's going on, and the audience knows what's going on. So they have the Violator do it, which makes no fucking sense. And then like. And then you got Cog kind of doing it, but he's not around enough. He's talking to us too, which I'm like, well, then why do you have to? Have... I'm like, should have been the suit. Well, okay, so there's also uh, some scenes where they go back down in hell, and there's like other dudes in the same spawn suit. You mean Michael J. White in spawn suit on repeat? Right. Yeah. But like, what, other... what's going on with that? Can... Hold on, I'm gonna. I gotta break out. I got. It's a two soda podcast for Rob guys. So, <laughs> I don't like that. I know all this information, right? But I can't change the fucking tire on my own car. So, <laughs> I used to, but I've lost that skill. Um, this made no sense in the comics too. So, in Todd was getting a lot of shit in the early issues of Spawn for not having a very good uh, writing. Hmm. Uh, he started getting it when he was writing spider-man and this one you know he was like look we're getting everyone fucking likes our books but everyone says the writing sucks so get a writer he went and hired four different writers to write one issue each he hired um he hired alan moore writer watchman he's fucking amazing he hired he's great right he hired um neil gaiman dave sim creator of fucking cerebus and then frank miller and, oh, yeah. dude, and and in those issues, uh, Alan Moore came in, wrote this whole thing about a serial killer who's the son of a fucking senator, and they can't keep him in jail, so Spawn murders him, which would have been a great subplot for this movie, but they're like, it's PG-13, you can't do it. I'm like, you got a little kid in it, it would have been great if that's the kid who was in danger, or Cyan was in danger, or something. Um, that doesn't go away. And in issue eight, Alan no issue. Uh, sorry, that was issue. Alan Moore. Sorry, Alan Moore wrote issue eight. My bad. 
that was a different that was issue five alan moore wrote issue eight where that serial killer from issue five so spawn kills him in issue five in issue eight alan moore wrote that guy going to hell okay okay and hell is this weird fantasy scape and there's another violator called the the validator there's basically <laughs> violator has five brothers or four brothers the five fillet big brothers and Which he like, does reference it later on. That line is from the Violator miniseries that mm. Alan Moore wrote, where he goes, I'm not the Vindicator of the Vindicator. That's an actual line that Alan Moore wrote from that comic. Did he actually the see the vibrator, vibrator also? The vi- no, that, that part. That part <laughs> that's it. That's maybe that's improv. You can tell when, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, it's gold! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't we use it? Because, you you know, don't tell Alan Moore how to write. So, <laughs> I know, no okay. kidding, Jesus. I know, right? So, um, so, you go through this whole issue where it's a group of people, they don't know where they're at, and one by one they're being picked off, and this guy, Billy, he's mur- he wants to murder this, like, even a kid with him. And he goes to finally murder this kid, and the kid turns out to be one of the violators. And he goes, you're it. We knew you were it. You had the guts. And there's these different different levels of hell. So the idea, Todd's version of hell comes from Dante's Inferno, right? Where mm-hmm. there was different levels of hell, different levels of heaven. The Malboge is one of those levels, by the way. That's what the term the Malboge comes from. Um, and so there's this level where all these fucking picks that they're going to be in the the they're going to be in the Malbosian's army for Armageddon maybe they'll become the leader of it maybe they won't but they're going to be different wars and they're just sitting there waiting for Armageddon and there's fucking millions of them and they're different aliens the idea that aliens go to hell too you know like different creatures go to hell and they're all in these outfits and so at the end Billy Kincaid becomes a fat little tubby fucking spawn waiting to go to Armageddon which we assume Al is going to help incite right or lead the whole idea is that there's going to be Armageddon. It never fucking happens. I'm like, why does this, why didn't he just fucking do the Armageddon? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. like, what, what the fuck, man? Like, so that scene with all those spawns, like, where's, what's with, with, with all these spawns? It's again, he never worked that idea out. You know, it's just a visual that's there waiting to happen, but it never happens. Yeah. yeah it's done in the cheapest way possible, which is they got. Michael J. White to just jump up and down and then they stepped and repeated in After Effects or whatever they were using back in the day, an Avid system or whatever. whatever. No, Avid's editing. I don't know what they were using to do the... the they were handing off the keyboard. They're like, my turn. It was digital like something because there's maker. a lot of digital creature work in this. But uh, No, they just I don't know how much of that was Adobe or custom shit back in the day. So... To wrap up yeah, that this... scene when like they're leaving the ballroom party and whatever, I love the line of uh, Priest is on it's being examined by a doctor and the doctor's just like, ah, she's dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> she got With like, the headshot. Shot. Yeah. What's funny because like didn't he shoot her like a bunch of times, but there's a just bunch. one bullet hole in the in the her, in her head. <laughs> like, he's not an assassin. He's a fucking merc. Yeah. Yeah. You they... know, he's an assassin like the team from Predators an assassin. You know, I mean, they just take <laughs> a fucking minigun for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? To to a jungle. You're like, yeah, you took out that enemy. No, I took out the whole fucking jungle. The enemy happened to be in it. You know, like <laughs> not the same thing. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, do we know why the violator, the clown, was in a cheerleading outfit? Like, I thought there was gonna like more was gonna happen Buffy. with that. But he's is that because he was like up in the rafters, not really near anyone. <laughs> it's another Buffy reference, dude. I, I guess. Yeah, I've never. I haven't watched Buffy, so I don't know. 
boy. It's just all over the place. The clown's eating maggots. I mean, no, he's eating worms and mayo. Ah. Oh, oh the, do we want to talk about the heart surgery? Oh. Okay, so this is where the <laughs> plot changes again. So now now the violator goes, oh, we, we got the missiles and we came up with some tech. We who? Hell? Mm-hmm. Hell came up? Who came up? Why is the violator? Is he running... Who the fuck? They have he their best the scientists on the job. That, mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna tie. He, but the violator said he came up with it for yeah. win. I don't. I guess. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. win. We we came up with this tech that will tie this shit to your heart. So when you die, all this shit will. I mean. Yeah. So the, they gotta like, like put a thing in his heart to where if he dies, the fucking virus goes off or the missiles go the off. The missiles this is like, yeah, this of the is, virus. Yeah. This is like their master plan because they're going to get Spawn to be the one to kill Win and unwittingly unleash this virus. But I just, I mean, I don't know. And, and that's going to be the way, like, they're going to incite Armageddon and then he can lead Hell's Army to Here's the problem, kill right? And Todd never, or something. As I remember, I don't think Todd ever properly explained this. Shocking. Yeah. Was they can't start the fucking Armageddon. Okay, because otherwise, why didn't the violator just appear fucking wherever we hold the nuclear missiles in war games and just fucking right. turn the key and done? <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't even directly influence it. You know, otherwise they could just whisper into someone's ear, "Fucking go murder all those people." Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have to corrupt society enough to where society causes that fucking problem. Yeah. And in the meantime, they're each picking off fucking humans to be in their fucking armies to stock up for that coming wars. The basic idea. But here, like, I'm just like, why doesn't he just fucking go? Why doesn't he go up to fucking, I don't know, Bill Clinton or someone? And you know, this is the 90s, guys, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> and and just fucking, I mean, why does he go to Vladimir Putin? Was in fucking charge, right? By that time, he's been there forever. So, like, I don't why did he go to North Korea? Like, why didn't he, like, so fucking dumb, dude. Even if he had thrown in a line of, like, see, we can't do this because of uh, free will or something, you know? You know what's weird is that, um, because you you were talking about uh, there's that birthday scene um, mm-hmm. where, where the violator is, is the clown, and then he gives uh, Cyan this like real creepy doll. Yeah, I thought um, that was going to come into play again. But if you you do see it um, later on in the movie, like she still has it. Like the scene where uh, Spawn is like talking to her in that like gym or whatever, mm-hmm. and then later on. Uh, Wanda comes and gets her. Is like, don't talk to strangers or whatever. She picks up her stuff, like her backpack, and that creepy doll is there. Like, why would you have that? It looks <laughs> so weird. Like that. It's, that had to know. have been another like throwaway plot that they just gave up. Like maybe if it has a a, a, a homing device or yeah, something. like you can track home or something. Yeah, I, I I would I would believe that. You know, if, if that's what you told. Um, but or he could talk through it and fucking try to get her to murder people or something. Some yeah. You know. Save it that for the sequel, cool. I guess. Yeah. Make it like Look, it made... the problem is with this movie is they try to go global stakes when it should be personal stakes. You and go global it bounces stakes back too much. That's film. the problem too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a character fucking movie, it's boots on the ground, daredevil fucking stakes, or you can't just fucking start imagine if they started the Thanos storyline in the first Iron Man movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't work, man. Yeah, because like, he's going been... from kind of being the anti-hero to saving hobos in an alley to 
living in a church, but he has to save the world, but he was a family man. It, it's too much. He has a pet dog. Oh, Spaz. I wanted to ask you guys about this. Spaz is a good boy. I, we, we couldn't figure this part out, and I, I was too lazy to go back and watch, uh, try to see. Okay, so after um, the whole, like, he goes back to the, the alley, right? And the kid from um, uh, Pet Cemetery is there with his dad, like, eating crap out of a dumpster. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't like this food. And his dad, like, starts beating him up or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Spawn comes in. Does he kill his dad like he's gonna no he stops he goes my dad don't and he goes all right i won't kill you dad. okay okay because right. then because i thought we both thought he died because like he was getting loaded into an ambulance later or something uh and i think then... the violator kills him oh is that what happened is I... that sequence where he's fighting the violator forever yeah that's the topic farland fucking like, he lands he lands um that the violator lands on a fucking electrical thing spawn lands are now like, he looks up and there's a Bum, that's Todd McFarlane. He's actually credited oh. as Bum in the credits. Okay. Um, okay, funny. Which I'm sure he talks about. I put myself as a bum, you know? And so... You gotta get uh, in the bag some way. But what's crazy is they keep going back to him. Like, I'm like, okay, you had your moment, and then they keep going back, and he, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, what are you hmm. doing? Like, yeah, horrible. That, that just uh, confused me, because there were no... We were not introduced to any of the, of the other bums in there, so I, I didn't... I don't... I didn't know that was him. So now I will if I ever watch this again. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think that's the kid's dad. Is that the kid's dad? I don't know. That's, He's just a hobo. Yeah, it's supposed to be his dad. So it was weird. Uh, I mean, that scene was kind of cool, though. The, the sort of cat and mouse between Violator and Spawn when, when Spawn finally pisses off the clown and he turns into the Violator. Uh, but it was yeah. very... It was weird that it happened in such a small area. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that was to limit themselves with the CG. They couldn't do a whole lot and everything, but... It was fun to watch. Yeah, no, I thought that was was pretty neat. Like, I just to see um, him that transformation, and I, I don't think the the CGI on Violet is terrible. It's not definitely not the worst thing because the they movie. kept it was dark cool. though. Right, but like it seems like they go back and forth from CGI to like uh, some sort of practical, like actual monster, like animatronic Budgets. type thing. Well, like it's 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 neat. Like I mean, there's certain stuff like you'd obviously to have like a an actual giant demon like this. You couldn't, you know, it would it would be ridiculous to try to make something really functional for what they needed him to do. But there's certainly an uh, some sort of animatronic uh, physical version of that, and it, they kind of flip back and forth. So I thought that was one of the most interesting parts of this movie. Is like how they, they should do this open scene. Now that you bring it up, it's What's from. You should have opened this film up with the way they open up Spawn issue nine, where it opens up with the medieval Spawn, right? And he's going to fucking like they actually retouched on this in issue fifteen, where they go back and tell you medieval stories about dragons, and but the dragon's actually the violator, just the way oh, cool. it got handed out throughout time. So you open up in the medieval period, where fucking you got this knight who's supposed to go defeat this dragon, and it's the violator, and the Angela fucking kills the Spawn. You know what I mean? And Cog could have been there, like fucking. Well, that one didn't work, and they don't see another spawn until Al shows up. You know, like so you get a sense that these characters are stuck on Earth for fucking ever. You know, waiting for fucking Armageddon. Huh? Oh yeah, boring. Like way boring for these guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, you know, but like the idea that he would look like a, you know, that you could see these sort of. This is essentially a knight fighting a dragon. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which is funny because you then the guy fucking trying to teach him is the guy who played fucking Merlin in the Excalibur movie. 
you know, which is no fucking coincidence, you know? So it's, you got to find a way to retell some fucking basic story with an arc. And the King Arthur arc would have been something to do, you know, where and that's essentially what Spawn is. When you think about it, Arthur, who was his king, lost his fucking wife or his girlfriend's wife to fucking Lancelot, right? Which is fucking the Terry Wanda thing. So, yeah. and you got a Merlin type thing. Like, just like Arthur. There's a way into every story, man. I'm not saying it has to be deep or profound, but you gotta have something. This this has nothing. Like, <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> like literally, I'm like, can they just fucking play the soundtrack over everything and just giving us a fucking two hour music video? The one thing, like, you know what? They had a perfect opportunity to do something. So the next scene after the fight, the first fight with uh, Spawn and Violator, uh, Cogliostro comes and is like, hey, um, you know, like stop stop being a bad guy let let me help you like learn your your powers and stuff and so he's like right. trying to teach him how to do it this could have been an awesome montage you know mm-hmm. like a training scene and he's yeah. jumped through the roofs of the city and using all this stuff instead we get like a minute if that of him just like what if it was like way like like poorly written montage too where he's like you think that's just a motorcycle you're riding yeah. and then it turns into like the spawn cycle because in the comic he had in the in the toy line well, actually, Todd, I don't know, he loves he loved drag racing, so he did some promotion with the drag racer where he put a Spawn logo on it, and he brought it to the con called the Spawnmobile. Huh. I'm like, I get it, but, like, why would it Spawn never had that in the comics, you know? And so it was like, it would have been funny. Like, you think you got some kind of Spawn, you think you're Batman, you got some Spawnmobile or something, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, fly around like a bat or some shit, you know? Like, yeah, like, you funny. kind of reference all these other, like, uh, Marvel, like, or you know, like comic book characters where, you know, you're just going to climb on walls now, are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> Something, yeah. Like, this isn't a comic book. This isn't a game, boy. Like in all the more. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they game? didn't have something like, what do you think this is, a comic book? Like there was no line like that in this, which is kind of surprising to me. There's not a lot of those. Like, it, it, I think this movie could have benefited from just like cheesy one-liners like that. It it's would have given got a it lot least... of other cheese in it. It's not like it was trying to be fucking realistic. Well, and know? that's the problem, though. Is like, yeah. I, you know, outside of John Leguizamo, like, I don't think there was like really any, uh, like, intentional comedy or just something to give it personality. You know, like it. And I think this is the kind of movie that could have benefited from just some having another character. Um, the suit being yeah you know just i don't know i always felt that if you were gonna fucking make spawn and keep the fantastical elements of this that it's a script that should have been written by james gunn and directed by Zack snyder you know what i mean like the same with the dawn of the dead remake that was written by james gunn directed Mm -hmm. by Zack snyder so you need someone that can pull off these crazy over-the-top visuals but then you need someone who can write some dark funny shit you know Mm -hmm. like dark humor and I mean, if you've ever fucking seen James Gunn's fucking other movies, man, I mean, fucking He's what was it, Super? You ever watched Super? Uh uh-uh. uh With Rain Wilson? No. Oh, you think Kickass is fucking fun? Go watch Super. You're gonna fucking be like, this is some dark fucking <laughs> shit, dude. Rain Wilson's in that from you know. Um... I, I I know what it. I've seen the trailer, so I just hadn't. Yeah. Watched it. So looks cool though. But yeah, here we are, you know, and he's doing. Sp- was He's some, learning, I don't know the, what, learning the ropes. So what happens sort of. after the? I, I this is where I lose track because there's no clear axe after this point. Uh, well, look, He's the, learning the, the ropes because the clown said, "I'm going to Wanda's," and Spawn's like, "Let's cut the shit out." I gotta also go to Wanda's, and he steals a bike, and for some reason the violator's like driving a semi down the road now. 
But and I thought that was as I rem- did that happen before or after Cog said this will be the test. Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh yes, it's 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 right after that he says the final test, and then, but he's like, but wait, before that I have to go to Wanda's before that test. <laughs> like, <laughs> this whole motorcycle with the with the the truck where they're like, we got the Terminator Two truck thing. Dude, oh, this is another part that like this goes back to what I was saying before. Is like I feel like they had this idea of like we want this big like motorcycle truck scene like it's gonna be awesome and they're like just trying to like ham fist it into the the story it like doesn't really make any sense like why is violator driving a huge like uh chemical truck yeah and like what if spawn never came is it just him just driving down the road you know going to wanda's like you know like it doesn't make any sense so I guess that training was leading up to him uh, being one with his suit and stuff and the cape and whatever, and so he morphs the cape around the motorcycle, and it looks like a big piranha fish or something. Uh, it looks kind of cool, but then it just gets taken down with some oil or gasoline or whatever he, like, drops out of the... I forget. Did Is it the virus again? again? I don't Let know. Me... What's that? Uh, it's Necrogoo. Oh, of course. Necro- <laughs> that's what he calls his his necro goo. Um, oh, you know what? I just brought up the movie, and it does say like necro tram or something on the side of the fucking truck. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it. It almost kind of looks like that green just slime from Nickelodeon. Yeah, there had to have been. This movie had to have toys, right? Like this is ripe for. Yeah, there were some spawn toys. Oh, that, that's why that I figure like you'd have this like motorcycle stuff. It's like Todd McFarlane. Like, okay, we're gonna you know. Merchandising, merchandising. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. why uh, Priest has two guns for no fucking reason. <laughs> oh, okay. She had a, she had a figure. Yeah. Uh huh. And they were all they all looked like the actors, and they all sucked. No one wanted the movie figures. Give me the fucking the stylized. Luckily, that was the year that his uh, Metal Gear figures came out. Hmm. You know, was it? No, sorry, that was a year after. My bad. So this was the year. Oh, the movie figures suck, dude. Like it's just because they were all photorealistic. Doesn't look like the motorcycle. It's weird, like this chrome nonsense going on. I, I just know. remember like not caring for the actor. So he transforms into the, that like weird spiky thing because uh, like he he falls off the motorcycle and then um, uh, Violator turns the, the the giant truck around and is like going to run him over. And yeah, he, and he turns into a giant spiky roadblock and then Violator just runs into it for fun. Yeah. Oh yes. And then <clears throat> what's funny? Oh is yeah. That, there was this giant explosion, <laughs> and you see this like other just really slapsticky part where he's like flying up in the air, like yeah, the violator the where the clown is. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "See you at Wanda's." So, <laughs> so dumb. Oh god, uh, that was great. It. I just in my head, I just said Team Rocket's blasting off again. It right, was <laughs> that really is that scene basically. So That's goofy, uh, but it's like whatever. We gotta, we gotta make this, we gotta make this progress. Let's just shoot him over to Wanda's now. <laughs> yeah. And see, yeah, oh boy, oh, and then, but then we get to Wanda and Terry's house, and we see the special ops disc again. I'm, oh. I, everything's <laughs> a flash drive now, but I, I this is, if 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 Sketch's friend hadn't stolen that thing, we wouldn't have this scene. So this is <laughs> right. directly to be thankful for uh, for your friend Sketch. Yeah, mm-hmm. good old Klepto Rich. Call <laughs> <laughs> it, dude. All my life, man, I've never been like. Am I gonna? I don't think. Am I never? Am I gonna go to? Am I never gonna go to Con again? Like, oh, what am I gonna? <laughs> oh, my God, you know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? I turn on my. I'm telling Todd McFarlane next time I talk. To him. 
He'll care now. Yeah. Um, what if he's mad about it? <laughs> you fucking get that it. guy, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was you. Nice it, I knew yeah. it. <laughs> Did you guys pick up on this? Because the next scene, we're at Wanda's house. Yeah, and you're saying that we, we see the special ops thing. Mm-hmm. But do you notice the part where Terry actually touches the computer screen? It's like this old like mid 90s like i don't e-machine or something like a compact presario <laughs> and it's yeah. it's one of the old like tube uh um monitors monitors and he like from is like touching it and stuff yeah from the net i, a touch screen net I, I thought that was really funny it, th- well, that's not a real tech from back then was it like commercial there like there were haptic CRT monitors, but only at like Disney World and shit, mm-hmm. like yeah. Disney Quest. If it Disney Quest, but that wasn't Disney for open... like, like no home use, right? No, nah. no. The, the first one that I ever seen for home use was the first Cintiqs, but you couldn't okay. use your hands. You had to use the like what I'm using. I got the like a stylus or something. Yeah, you got like a stylus. So yeah, so now the plot's coming together, sort of. I don't know. Everybody's showing up at the house, and everybody's <laughs> like. Coming. I don't know. Well, something's fallen into place here. And for some reason, Wynn shows up. Uh, I think Hold it's on. just I, him, I right? I want to go back a few really quick before we get to the final act. I just want to say, so I was like, you know, we never really spend time with Wanda. What the fuck does she does? And I forgot she has one scene where she's giving oh, a lecture yeah, on what? children's deaths to fucking coronavirus, essentially. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, so she's like a World Health fucking person trying to reach. Like, Many children are dying. Then they cut to the fucking city where all these kids live in abject poverty. And I'm like, look, maybe you should start with the fucking kids who live in that fucking Kowloon looking like cathedral city. <laughs> Kowloon <Right>? city. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're literally. I mean, it's Kowloon, right? Where that's like when they rebuilt Kowloon for fucking Batman Begins, and mm-hmm. Joffrey lives down there. You know, like I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Joffrey's in Batman Begins, dude. And so. I'm just thinking, like, this fucking world, man, like, this is what happens when you just make shit up as you go, mm-hmm. and sometimes it works. Like, you get Donnie Darko, mm. other times, <laughs> you, know, you get this, and so now we're at Wanda's house. I'm At this point, I'm like, I don't know her name, other than Wanda. I don't know her last name before she got married. I don't know right. anything about these Sight. people. Uh, nothing i barely know that terry i guess they were partners because they had that one scene together and he bought him an empty coffee cup i like when he picked that coffee cup tells yeah fucking java it's an, <laughs> oh it's, it's very noticeably empty <laughs> noticeably empty. Yeah. like you couldn't put water in there or something like nothing. i don't understand why they do that in, in shows and stuff because you see it all the time like they'll pick up a cup and you can see it's weightless you know and they act like they drink something out of it i think isn't that like some sort of like acting 101 like when you your first day of acting class, they teach you how to drink out of a cup mm-hmm. or something. Like it's it's something weird, but it's I see it all the time. I don't ever understand. Like just put something in there. I, if I was an actor in a scene, I would think it, it would be more weird and take me out of the scene. Like dr- trying to pretend drinking a, out of a, a out of a cup. You know, I'd rather well, have something the in thing there. About CGI too, like. The big difference between CGI and real is weight. You, they, for no matter what they do, for some reason, you, we can tell the human mind can tell the difference between when they flip a CGI truck in mm. I don't know the Fast and the Furious movie, and when they flip that truck in the Dark Knight. 
Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? When they flip the truck in the dark night, you're like, that's a mother. And you, when you see, it's just a truck being flipped over, right? We've seen it a hundred fucking times, but you're like, whoa. Or like when they drive that truck off the fucking embankment in T2, right? Oh, like, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> shit. But if that's a CGI truck, you're like, it could be the exact same shot, no difference, nothing added to it. But the weight is, it's just not there. Like when you see yeah. those giant like aircraft Back to the Future and, 3 and stuff. Or in Winter Soldier, when those giant, uh, char- I love that movie, but at the end, when the fucking helicraft characters land on the ground, you don't go, oh my god! Oh, yeah. You know, just, this is alright, they just crash on the ground, dude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just don't get the, there's no sense of weight. And same, same with that cup. If we can tell, that <laughs> fucking cup is empty. <laughs> there's you any know, problem just, with Spawn the movie, it's that cup. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, I should, I should say that next time I see Todd, if I ever see him again, I'll be like, I just want to ask you, why, why was the cup empty? <laughs> like what? Oh. And so, when shows up at Wanda's house, and there's this whole, I guess this is like building up to like the finale, the grand finale of this movie. Yes, if you gave a shit about any of these characters, was he wearing his Metal Gear gear? Yeah, yeah, the, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, for no fucking reason. Right. And it's obvious that they had to dye his hair too and his beard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna fault them for dying. Here, it right? just looks weird. It just, it just, it just looks weird. But um, it looks like he's like in some sort of like Rogaine like commercial or something. But um, and then so he shows up and like kidnaps them, and then and then finally Violator shows up, and then Spawn finally shows up and he walks into the living room and wanda is like chained up to some weird hellish like it pops out of the fireplace looking thing yeah pops out of a fireplace obviously serious black did it i'm just saying Hmm. yep blazing trails (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) um and so then yeah when just stabs her and kills her and then spawn freaks out but it's like so obvious that what's going on here right how is it they never made the joke for someone named Win? He's always losing or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> what I'm yeah, that could have been. This movie needed one-liners, and it that, doesn't. Yeah, he could have right? easily. He, yeah, he could have easily had like, a, it's not just my name; it's what I do, or something bad. <laughs> As he turns and looks at the camera. Like... Yeah, wink. Oh man, <laughs> that's a good one. Jesus. <laughs> The, so yeah she clearly it wasn't jason loose lose you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah 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 they don't jason call me Moore. jason yeah. lose all the time or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god god damn it <laughs> you know what my middle name is always oh geez. yeah <laughs> we need to rename the show just to just let us rewrite this please I would have loved to have seen like the scene that ha- must have happened before Spawn got there, where it's Win and Violator like kind of game planning what they're going to do when Spawn gets there, and so it's like, okay, I'm you, like go hide all the people in the back room, and Violator, I, he's saying like I'm going to dress up as Win, and and you act like you stab her, and we're going to play this big prank on Spawn. On, and he's gonna get really mad about it. Like, but it would probably cut to the clown just like drawing things with with like coloring <laughs> yeah. bin pictures or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Um, oh. So I, I I definitely don't remember the, uh, catching this as a kid, probably because thankfully I didn't know what it was. But when uh, Spawn comes in and throws Wind through um, those doors, and uh, Cyan and Terry are tied up, 
Cyan's tied up, and then you see Terry tied up, and he has a ball gag in his mouth. No. What? Are you serious? It happens twice. <laughs> they oh show his face God. at least twice. Oh, dear. And at first, I thought they, they showed it real quick, so I thought, like, oh, funny adult joke. But then, no, they hold the camera on him for a little bit to show that that is in there. It just made me laugh. At least they had, like, just the Wouldn't it be great if you could find girl. What if you could, if any one of us, we got to make a pact right now. If any one of us ever gets to meet D.B. Sweeney, we get to ask him what it was like to wear a ball gag in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably like the lowest point of his career. (laughs) Like, what has happened? He's like, he. (laughs) How did it feel with that in your mouth, being tied to a little girl? Being Rames Ward in Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? (laughs) I could see that defense. This is just, yeah, this is, I was surprised they didn't use the suit more in this scene, but maybe it was just like, oh, we want him to have him fighting the good fight, hand-to-hand sort of combat against Wynn or I something. Guess. He doesn't need it, is what nope. it is. Like, he doesn't <laughs> no. need it. Does he uh, use, like, some sort of, like, Superman powers to, like, remove that device? Oh, yeah, from, the, what's it like, called? Um, Necrovision. <laughs> oh, he uses the spawn. Yeah, he just uses spawn power. Look, he could have just made it disappear. Yeah, you know I feel like he, he could have made it like disintegrate in him or something. The pacemaker thing, whatever it was, or just make the batteries like go. You could have ripped whatever. out Wind's God. heart and kept it beating using necroplasm. You know, right? What I mean? Something. Yeah. While Wind dies, but I got your heart will beat forever, and he keeps it in a box where it just beats with that shit in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> they could have done some other like real bad joke where he like pulls out just the batteries and like the violator says like, "Oh, should have used Energizer or something." Just <laughs> just keep yeah. talking him up. <laughs> or he's wearing a pink bunny outfit. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there's... what I get for buying Rayovac. Something. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> something. The game free with my Nintendo <laughs> Game Boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, it goes back and forth between hell. We might be jumping around, but a lot is going on in this final We're scene. It was definitely it was a disservice. I'll say that. Oh, you know, whatever. Like this, this is basically what this movie does. Yeah, yeah, this is what it does. We're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this it's what a, it does, right. And uh, I forget when um, Coglio shows up. Cog shows up some at some point, he like pulls the chainmail right over his after, head and stuff. Right after what's his name leaves, he's like, "I'll see you in a minute." And uh, like the vindicator, uh, violator, still violator. <laughs> also, did you guys catch the part where he like licks um, Wanda and he's like, "She tastes like chicken." Oh God! And yeah. We saw that. We're like, "Ooh, that's." And, and is that a racial joke? Doesn't too? age well. You is know, that like, a racial joke? Yeah. That you yeah. know, like I don't, I, I don't think it is. I don't know, yeah. but like it just. It feels like it is, and it's certainly yeah. not like doesn't feel like it's okay now. It's like watching, um, it you know, like me in nineteen ninety seven, bro. Well, it's you like know? watching Monster Squad, and they throw they're throwing out the uh, like the 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 F hard word. F word, oh, yes. like the, and it's just like ooh, like this is that one of those scenes. You're just like, oh man. He also drops the R word earlier when they're in the uh, when they're in the graveyard. He's like, heaven gets all these guys, and we get all the other ones. You <laughs> yeah, know, he does say that. Um, just par right for the there. course. So yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Cog <laughs> shows up and is like, well, waves obviously, at- hold on, Violator never got to the current rallies where the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry, give it time. You know, he'll get. Oh, if he showed up today, he, they would can't like Twitter would. Can't. The, the other side's gonna get some real winners soon. You'll see. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
uh, what were you saying? Chris Cog shows up. Yeah, he threatens. Um, he threatens him with that like weird sword looking thing, and he leaves for a second. Oh, the blade um, that is his hand, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. Which is another Which like hint that like he has the, the spawn suit kind of or something. I don't know. Well, no, that he's a spawn, and, yeah. and but Ollie it never makes a joke about it later. No, earlier when he first goes, he makes some vague thing, and he goes, hey, "We all ain't spawns" or some shit like that. Like, hmm. you know, it's like they foreshadow, foreshadow. Ah. Oh god. <laughs> um, and so they jump into hell. Yeah, like, like well, like yeah, yeah one of the levels uh, of it anyway. Comes back. Uh, Violator pulls him in. Yeah, because he almost got his like Violator was trying to cut his head off. And he almost got there. Right. Um, but uh, Cog shows up, saves him, Violator leaves, um, and then Cog pulls it out of his neck. And um, he's like, oh, concentrate on healing yourself. Mm-hmm. And he does it. And they're like, and he's, and he's like, all right, you know, we're getting ready to do this. So he's like putting on his like chainmail, like cowl or whatever. I like it when every time. Look, I like Michael J. White as an actor, but every time he says concentrate, it looks like he's going to take a dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know? Self-cleaning yeah. suit. All right. All right. So this they hop is when we get to the, like, the real, the epic part. This is where like all of those CGI monies went into effect right here. Hell yeah. Dude, I, I, I lost track of everything a couple of times. <laughs> when this was going on in the theater, I was literally just like hand and face. You know? Is this okay? Um, not Violator, but what's the other guy, Magliostro or whatever? Magliostro. No, no, no. The 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 head Malbosia. demon guy, not the devil. Is, yeah, Malbosia. is that what he looked like in the comics? Yeah, but drawn, dude. The because it looks so dude. stupid. Yeah, he's got a giant look. The, all the Malbos that Violators, they all these giant fucking jaws, right? That yeah. hang down. Which is fine. It yeah, like like Venom. Because guess who? Mm. Guess who drew Venom? Guess who? Mm. Who guess who designed the Venom? Todd. So um, they all have that giant thing with the tongue, the long tongue, but it never really read in the comic like he did, his mouth can't move or he just talks weird. Like, this would have worked if it was puppets. You know? Like, <laughs> like a Muppet? Honestly, Welcome like, back to this would have worked if it was puppets. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, if they'd gone with puppets, this all this shit works. You know? Like, it would have been something else, you know? But... Yeah, I was reading the factoids, and they tried to pass it off as he was talking to them through hell, not verbally. And I was like, "All right, sure, I'm not going to let that get to me." He's just a big bad okay, thing, good. and he can't move his mouth for some reason. This is nine. This was look, the movie came out in '97, but you're talking about these effects were started in 1996. Yeah, like there was no Jar Jar Binks by this point. <laughs> you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, even at this point when they were doing. Jar Jar effects dev, there was a puppet version of Jar Jar. It's in the fucking making of the Phantom Mass for one shot. And I was like, oh, I wish Jar Jar had been a puppet. You know, like that yeah. would have made far more sense. But so they were trying to do like CG hair and lips and movement oh, yeah. way before they had a fucking, there was no a lot of that work in Men in Black as puppets, dude. Right. You know, I'm not saying they all had to be fuzzy fucking felt puppets, although you know, me, but I'm practical. But yeah, they could have been puppetry, dude. And I mean, you imagine if you got into Men in Black and all that fucking cockroach in the head shit was fucking CGI, it would have looked ridiculously stupid. They they mm-hmm. didn't have the capability. They barely the cape doesn't really work from a CGI standpoint. Mm-hmm. You think you know it's super fucking bad. So, um, 
even now in the Zack Snyder movies, when they do the Superman capes, you can tell CGI cape, you mm-hmm. know? So. Which is funny, though, is because I thought the cape, like, and that's, you know, kind of telling about the level of CGI in this movie, but I thought the cape was one of the best CGI in the movie. Like, it's one of the ones that you could you could forgive. Like, well, you know what I mean. We know, you know, it's right. It looks Nothing looks real in it at all. Like, you, it's very, very. But you're oh, not scared yeah. of the devil when you look. When you think about like when Tim Carey played the devil in Legend, compared to yeah. this, it's like, look. I mean, if you're gonna put the dude who is an Excalibur in here, and you're gonna put him up against that fucking thing, that dragon in Excalibur was fucking a puppet, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need like there's just no sense of tangibility to to the the hell ship. I don't even the fucking camera keeps moving. I don't even know what yeah, they're on. Like, I got weird lost. Shit. I, I, I thought Cog, I thought Cog died like three different times when he was fighting. <laughs> I could not tell. He's probably you just know, like, kill me. You know, like <laughs> kill me. Like you know that walrus in Ren and Stimpy when they yeah. go to the house. <laughs> yep. Kill me. And so. He, okay, so yeah, so Spawn kills Violator, rips his head off. He's dead now, and then oh, that was great. Or wait, are we talking about when he? Oh no, never mind. Still in hell. Still in hell. We're still in hell, and he he, he so he defeats Violator, and then he just starts shooting all that shit out of him. And he kills like, like, like a third of the Spawn. army, which is also all Spawn people. I, I guess so because because he's like the 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 uh, what's his name uh, Malabogia. The Malbogia. Yes. Look, um, when I when, like, when kill so in 1995, Con they had the first prototypes for the Spawn Toys Series Two, and um, they did a Malbogia figure. And I was like, I, and there was this, this nice older woman at the, the little table for this. The, at the time, they were called Todd Toys. I think they had just changed to McFarland Toys. Anyway, I asked her. I'm like, um, I. I uh, I remember whispering, I, I don't know how to say his name. How do you say it? <laughs> and she oh, goes, Malbolgia. Like, she just, you know, she gave me the school teacher, like, so it's Malbolgia. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, and so he just goes, like, ape shit and just shoots all this green stuff everywhere um, and just kills all of the other spawns. Uh, and then he then he just zooms out, which I didn't know he has the power of flight. Um, <laughs> but he takes cog and they just zoom out of hell well remember that, that whole that sequence where he was walking along a wall you know what i mean because he was afraid of falling and the fucking cape just flies him somewhere yeah yeah but he doesn't even, it's not the cape he has like it looks like a green lantern like green jet stream that comes out of his butt yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's he's farting <laughs> yeah man. there's a lot yeah. of that in this. Up, up my guess is they saw a toy story like we know how to end this you know? <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> um, to reality and beyond, you know. Like... Oops, twins. Um, okay, so they get back to Earth. That's a joke from the movie. Folks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yep. want them to go, oh, Sky is making shitty joke. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no, like, I, literally. I can't write that. <laughs> uh, uh, but so they go back to Earth, and then the Violator comes right back. Uh, and Spawn kills him in kind of a cool way now. I dug how, uh, oh, his jaw stretches out because I guess he couldn't bite Spawn's head for some reason or whatever. No, but because he has a long jaw in the comics. Yeah, well, yeah, that I mean, I know that's the reason. Only made for the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I liked how uh, then Cog tells him to use his powers and whatever, and he turns his head all spiky. Use the but force. then he uses his chains and like buzzsaws uh, Violator's neck off, which I thought was pretty cool. That's right. And the kid's I was not screaming. The no. Kid's, <laughs> <laughs> kid's fine with it. Yep. I mean, she grew up with that yeah, clown dog. This happened earlier in hell. New You're right. Line, yeah. New Line made the Mortal Kombat movies. She would have been, it's like Mortal Kombat. You know? Yeah, like, should really have. Been. And given that he ended up playing in that Mortal Kombat show later on, right? Michael J. White? That and been... then that's when you'd be like, oh, that's, oh, that's where I've seen him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. They shouldn't let kids play those violent games. And then yeah. could have had another you joke. Think, <laughs> you know, Tom Kalinske would be like, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. can't fucking let it go, can you? I think we passed up the line where the clown said to Will or uh, Win, he was like, uh, something like, I was counting on Spawn to kill you and kickstart the apocalypse now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LOL, 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 LOL. But they were planning on starting the apocalypse after they, uh, it's like, again, dude. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. They keep moving the ball. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know. Yeah. They figure if we move, if we switch the plot around enough, no one will notice that there really wasn't one. Yeah, and that's the thing. It goes back to just, like, they come up with these, like, little, like, what they think are clever lines and nods and and set pieces and scenes, but they don't, they, they, they don't set it up to where it actually, like, makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, those lines so. would matter if any other part of it was written well. And then, oh, then the creepy kid from Pet Cemetery shows up. It's like, I got I your dog. dog. My, my dad's dead, but I saved your dog. Oh, speaking of the dog, we forgot to mention, there's a whole sequence when they're leaving that World Health Organization. I don't know. They're leaving some fucking thing. Terry oh, the, the it's kid. at a school and, or something. And, and Cyan goes, but Spaz, our dog, oh. he goes, ah, oh, he knows the way home better than we yeah. do. And I'm like, you're in the fucking city. You're like, oh. <laughs> dad of the year. Dad of the fucking year. completely agrees. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fine. I'm like, is he going to, is he Benji? Is he going to fucking talk to the bears? And like, I mean, like, remember Baxter and like Anchorman, yeah. like, yeah. which was a group on Benji. Uh, so like, yeah, in the theater, I was like, is he fucking Benji? Is he going to fucking talk to the bears? Like, <laughs> She's like, oh, you've seen Homeward Bound, sweetie. They just abandon their dog. I'm supposed to like this guy. He won't even fucking find their dog. Right. How am I supposed to like Terry? If you if he won't find dog? responsibility. Jeez. Even fuck. This is why we love Ron Burgundy. As shallow as an ass, he is. He loves his fucking dog. Yeah. You know that's. You know, Baxter was not in that fucking movie, or that script. And they're like, how are we supposed to like him? You know, we'll oh. give him a dog. Right. You know, like if he if he has a dog, we'll we'll love him. You know, if Ron Burgundy didn't have that fucking dog, we we wouldn't have liked him too much. Because you don't really like the other characters; they're funny, but you don't like them. You don't go, mm-hmm. I hope they win, because none of them else, none of those other dudes have a fucking dog. Terry Fitzgerald just abandons their fucking this the, the like, like. You know what? He fucking hates that dog because like, now that I think about it if you go all the way to the beginning of the movie when he shows up to pick up Al he goes some fucking guard dog oh yeah you know? I'm mm-hmm. like he fucking hates that dog this whole time Terry Fitzgerald's been trying to find a way to get that fucking dog Your fucking <laughs> dog didn't get you coffee I brought you coffee yeah 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 <laughs> Like I just now, after all these years, it went over my head. You know, like I just I had that you know, <laughs> the one the usual suspects when he when he's when Chaz is doing the fucking looking at the wall and he realizes that the whole time Kevin Spacey's been piecing it together. Like all the scenes of the movie just flashed through my head. <laughs> I'm like, the one fucking contingent fucking 
plot. Is... He doesn't even <laughs> try to save the dog from the fucking violator in this sequence. You know what I mean? No, not at all. No. Terry Fitzgerald hates dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making him <laughs> the real terrorist. That's yeah. what we should ask him. <laughs> That's what we should ask him. Like, how do you no. feel about leaving that poor dog? Yeah. This yeah, is, they uh... left that dog in an alley, dude. I mean, in, mm-hmm. I mean, like Blade Runner fucking territory, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Violator's dead, but not really. His tongue pushes him around, like his head, his decapitated head. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh god, are we gonna? Is it gonna be the thing? And I die, forget about this, or he's gonna grow like legs out of his head or something? But no. The um, thing was largely made out of paper mache, clay, and fucking stop motion, and it's way mm-hmm. better. And I, you know, like, that's yeah. why I was saying if they just went practical and super cheesy. It would have been a, like an army of darkness, like fun gore fest. Oh yeah, know? oh yeah, 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 yeah. If they'd gone that route, full cheese this instead movie, of this movie needed this. Sam Raimi. <laughs> he could have helped. Yeah, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, the next scene is the scene that just. I didn't really understood why it happened, but it did with the news team showing up. That's and... what I was telling you about. There's this plot where, so that's the reporter, Jenny Callender, yeah. mm-hmm. and in the comic is those three reporters. So you, at the end, she's like, he's basically saying, that's why I put together this document with all the stuff. And, you know, he's a whistleblower basically, but it's done in one scene. So it was like, my mm-hmm. guess is there would have been a bigger thread where he was working with the media and trying to be a whistleblower, but, and, oh, with Terry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terry. Terry being a whistleblower. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. It was very, like... Because there wasn't much news coverage throughout besides, like, one other scene. And so it could have really, yeah. It could have made... It could have made some sense. I don't know. Could have tied something together. More uh, talking wouldn't help this film. No, not at all. It's They're like, like oh, we'll get it. We'll get, get it over with at the beginning of the film with fire. The whole and, movie, they just keep talking. Except about anything that you think might help the film. Right. Yeah. You know, coincidentally speaking. And then we get this uh the the the, the three minute version of the Batman ending where mm-hmm. the slow pan up, you know. Mm-hmm. He realizes he's I, not he doesn't fit in the family, they're safe, whatever, <laughs> back to the but church. Here's where I, as a, even in the theater I got pissed off because there's that one sequence way I told you way earlier after the, the ball scene. There's that shot where he's on the roof and it's from the side and it's literally from the comics with this cape extended out and it looked fairly cool. This mm-hmm. sequence, he's literally taking a shit on top of a fucking cross. <laughs> like, it's the least cinematic pose ever. Like he's just fucking taking a dump. There's no CGI bats anywhere. It's rats. They didn't. I don't know why they didn't give him. In the comic, he has bats. I guess maybe they didn't want the Batman reference, but I'm like, just give him bats, dude. Yeah. Like it's all these rats going all the way up. The no rat one, man. Like, yeah, no one goes, can't wait to fucking rats are cool. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're, they're kind of like, oh, it's like vermin. And, you know, I don't know, man. But when, he, when he's flying through the city with his cape, bats are always flying around him and shit. Like, yeah. bats, why did they pick rats instead of bats? Like, his, ah, dude. But that's when <laughs> he's squatting on it. Even now, I'm like, oh, this, this shit squat. He's taking a dump on the fucking cross, dude. And then, I'm take and then a dump it goes on this cra- town. It has a giant close-up sequence with mm-hmm. the whatever. His cape I, is then... the entire background and everything. Oh, you mean when he turns or whatever? Yeah, and he goes, he doesn't say I'm spawn, but you may as well, you know? And then, right. 
And then it's I am Iron Man and credits. Yeah. With the credits that go in and out of focus, so you can't see who worked on the film. Yeah. Yeah. They probably asked, just like, can you just like not put me in the credits in this one? Todd's well, credits covered in goop. It's it's really hard to see what his name is. Yeah. <laughs> they needed to be credited just to, you know to get that you know like the uh, Screen Actors Sad. Guild stuff. Yeah, stuff. And but they just didn't want people to be able to. Yeah, it really just looks like someone it. sneezed on him. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so guys, what do you think? Woo! <laughs> Uh, it's not one of the. It's not the worst movie we've watched on this. On yep, but still, that show. means nothing. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, I, I would... was disappointed because I thought it was. A, I remember it being better than it hmm. was. So I must have liked it more when I was a, a kid. Um, when I first well, saw it, I guess. The uh, one cool thing about it is that uh, it came out before Blade, so it was the first film to feature an African American as the lead comic book superhero. That's so that's not something. True. That's oh, not true. What was the other man one? and Blank Man did that before. Blank Man, Jesus Christ. So, um, well, I don't know. Tell, go fix IMDb then, I guess. But um, I don't know. There's some factoids we kind of went over through it, like how he Leguizamo did actually eat those worms and then puke. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said like how much this rips off RoboCop. Who cares? Um, I wish they had ripped off RoboCop more. Yeah, yeah right. You know, my only complaint about RoboCop, and I love the movie. My only complaint is he's a cop in Detroit, and it's a white guy that gets fucking turned into RoboCop. No mm-hmm. fucking way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's Detroit, bro. You know that's uh, where Eddie Murphy should. We only got a back. couple replies on the socials. Um, Sarnix in the Discord just asked, "Has the motorcycle special effects uh, aged up well at all?" And eh. It doesn't look the worst out of all the CG stuff. Yeah, no, it's not terrible. Well, uh, that's because they just built the clamshell over a motorcycle and did a right. transformation. It's not a CGI, the whole sequence. It's just the transformation. Yeah. So they're yeah, just using true. the same warp technique that they developed for Michael Jackson's black or white video. Hmm. That's all you're seeing. Is Apparently the body count in this movie is only six. What? Does that, include, does that include the fucking director? Because we haven't seen his ass since. Yeah. Oof. Uh, How many careers? I bet, I bet it, it killed. It, this movie killed more careers than it did people in the movie. Martin Sheen did fine, man. Yeah. Look, look, here's the thing. Uh, Aaron Sorkin could save your career. I really feel Leguizamo, man, should be in a Tarantino movie by now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he, he could pull that off, dude. Like. John Leguizamo oh, yeah. is an amazing actor. He he really is. Like he's done. He could do everything. He could do um, comedy. Obviously, he could do like serious. He could do creepy. Like he does. He has so much range, and I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves as just an actor. He's so good. Land is dead. I've, I've never seen him. Well, yeah, that was a bad movie, but he wasn't <laughs> necessarily terrible in it. Um, but I'm just—he's one of those actors, and there's very few of them out there that, whatever you've seen them in, like you've—they've not really been in a terrible role themselves, like or they—they they themselves haven't been bad. Maybe the he wasn't bad uh, as Luigi. The fucking role was written no. horribly. Yeah. That's what I was the big say. difference between that and like Rob Schneider in a fucking <laughs> Deuce Diggler movie. Like, no, he's just really fucking horrible. You know, right. like yeah. the character was small, but he was good in John Wick, the John Wick movies. Yeah. Um, oh, like Wazama was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the chop shop keeper, or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, the only other social media replies we got was my buddy Fat Robert just yelling on Twitter, "Wanda, 
um, I will say, uh, had it come out one year later, you know this movie would have had Dracula in it by Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it pretty much was like all Marilyn Manson music. It seemed you like you gotta know, like Rob Zombie the year before was in the Crow Two soundtrack when he did the cover of uh, Boogeyman. Damn, so close. Yep. So I'm your Boogeyman. I don't think I have anything more to say about this movie. Yeah, I mean it's not horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I could recommend it more than I could recommend Game Over, but that's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun brainless thing. Uh. So I gave it I give it three out of five Dragulas. Uh I'll give it three out of five. Pretty average. Mm-hmm. Um I'm the biggest spawn fan there is. Matter of fact, I was gonna say right as we speak now, the spawn Kickstarter to re relaunch the to do a remastered reversion of the original spawn figure from nineteen ninety five. I've already thrown in a hundred bucks on it. It just hit two point three million something Damn. dollars last night. Ooh, boy. So four days to go. Uh, as a Spawn fan, I give it a one. And that's for, the, that, that's for the Angela reference. I was nice to see okay. that she's in there somewhere. But it's, it's just, it's not, it's like someone who read some issues, shoved in a bunch of names and scenes that they kind of got from the comic and made up their shit as they went. Mm-hmm. It, right. And, and not, I'm not saying the comics on a pedestal. You would have to, in the same way that if you put Blade on the silver screen, the way he exists in the comics, that would have been a racist fucking shitty film. They what they did to Blade, they had to rethink it, take the core essence of it, wrap it around a guy who can give it some real gravitas, you know, and set the mood and the tempo down. They did that perfectly with Blade a year later. Um, um, this movie is just it's with Spawn, if they ever do make another film and they're gonna keep him as an agent of hell, his wanting to be back for the love of his wife, it's just not enough. These aren't yeah, if, if it that's was gonna be from the get go with that. It was always a weak part of the comic, but don't go and tell me that's because it's because they suck, Robin. Don't fucking tell me that bullshit because I could show you a gazillion fucking Iron Man comics that are fucking horrible. You know what I mean? Like I could show you literally 300 issues of them, you know, like they just weren't very good. I must be getting this confused with another comic or another story or something. I thought for some reason there was like a story where he had to hand the devil like a hundred felons or a hundred bad guys am i getting it's hundred bullets what no, is it david mazzicelli drew that i think it was um the guy who wrote it uh he he wrote it brian azarello wrote that yeah oh what was the comic it's called a hundred bullets oh That's i don't know it. how i thought of that with <laughs> this thing but um that would have been interesting as well uh but i think like to what you're saying sketch like if I think a better motivation would have been if that girl was his daughter, Zion, uh, mm, yeah. and that's his motivation to get back to his daughter. You know what I mean? Because he has this like super, you know, strong or force, or that he forced the daughter he could have had to live in a, in a horrible Armageddon. They needed to something, yeah. You. you know, like he had to show. You have a macro, a macro story arc and a micro story arc, and the macro story arc is he caused Armageddon. The world went to shit. You know, because he's a guy who doesn't fucking care. Yeah. And instead of playing both sides, in order to fix it, he has to choose the side of humanity. Which well, that is also would have made sense to have that uh, weird uh, alley. Uh, right. That's where know. all the actual people are. Not the big corporate people that live outside the system. The real people who are suffering are right there. And his daughter, Wanda and all the motherfucking, should have been right there in the alley with him. 
you know? And there, somehow there, he can, like, change, like, the past or something. He goes back in and well, fixes no, it. Well, no, he has to fix the world. That's you know, what I mean. I fuck the world up, but he has to fucking make it right, you know? Right. And, yeah. and he won't be able to fix the world, per- but he'll be able to represent them. Like, there, there's some way there. But to – look, it, it's tough, man. This is why I can't – if I could just conjure it up right now, you know, then – no one would ever get hired to be in a fucking room and whiteboard this shit for fucking six mm-hmm. weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's something. And then the, the micro level is there has to be some humanity, some some sense of if it's a separate kid or if it's the rest of the world or whatever. But it's not this, I got to get that thing because I had everything and now I don't have the one thing, but I had everything. That's <laughs> that's that problem in a movie where, you know what their fault is? They're just too good. Right, that's that's one of the problems with the new Star Wars movies, where you got a main character who's just she's just too good, you know, she's mm-hmm. just she's just really good, you know. And the, the, the problem is she didn't believe in herself, but she's really good. That's not enough, man. That's not going to cut it. People don't relate to that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I don't believe another Spawn movie ever will get made because Tom McFarlane wants to write and direct it, and I don't think anyone's ever going to cut. There's no way. I don't think, that yeah, kind of yeah. I don't care what he says. There's no one's going to fucking foot that bill. And Spawn won't be in it anyway, so. Hmm. So. No. Uh, while we're talking about Kickstarters real quick, since we are, we always talk about movies and everything, I want to mention the Kickstarter in Search of Tomorrow. Because um, we, we've probably mentioned another episode somewhere, uh, In Search of Darkness was a four-hour horror documentary uh, that's really amazing, um, and the same people that did this did that are doing this, which is all sci-fi movies from the '80s, uh, and it's already got our favorite cast of Last Starfighter um, and a couple others, you know, other films like Star Wars and things like that. But it's a really it's <laughs> it's lesser known. Yeah, movies. it's just really the the did you ever end up watching that full documentary the in search of darkness chris i've not finished it right, I mean, you it's gotta like do a that three and a half hour documentary but i've watched quite a bit uh i it's wet really well done very yeah. very well done and if, if they get to i mean there's so many interviews uh yep. they've, they've got every like the who's who of the horror like industry yeah. um and so if they i assume they're gonna you know get to that same level um my only complaint about it is like I feel like um the rewards are really expensive. Like yep. it's like thirty dollars for just like the digital version of it or something crazy, and like sixty dollars for a Blu-ray. I'm like, damn man, that's the Blu-ray I, like, level costs as much as the DVD level. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah, to me. like but, I just I But I, it's I, still I have full confidence it's gonna be great. Um they've got like Sean Young in it from Blade Runner, uh, Alex Winter is in it. Uh well know. my personal favorite film that she was in with it was Apaches. It was that movie with Nick Cage where it was trying to be like Top Gun but with Apache helicopter. Oh dear. Oh, okay. you ever seen that? Nope. I've never seen that. There's a sideshow film. To see <laughs> oh boy, Chris will love watching that film. Oh man, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hop on there. That's still got some time left. By the time you guys uh, listen to this, uh, you'll be able to hop on and search tomorrow. Check out that cool stuff. Um, but that's gonna just about do it. Do we want to? Do we have any idea for the next movie, or do we want to uh, have a whatever brainstorm about that later? Yeah, let's brainstorm about that later. I I, I feel like this movie has. I've just taken a lot of my brain cells and brain power away for the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is how I felt when I had to fucking sit there. <laughs> this is all you want to do is like, I want yeah. you to feel my pain. I had to do fucking blood rain and doom back to back. 
Yeah. At least at least I knew the pain that was coming with this, and I knew you didn't. So I was like, ha ha ha. He <laughs> thinks this movie's good. Wait till. <laughs> oh man, that's a bummer, man. It's like when you. That's the thing that you shouldn't do is like watch some of your favorite old '80s cartoons because mm-hmm. they're never ever as good He-Man as when you're worse. Man's the worst, bro. He-Man, too. I I watch, We went and watched the first episode of, a couple years ago. And I was, I did not remember how, like, just, like, it, homoerotic it was. Like, yeah. there's just lots of that going on. I'm like, whoa, like, it's, I did not pick up on this when I was a kid. But it is very, just, in your face. I, I was not. My animation teacher worked on it. Oh, wow. I was and, not super uh, pumped for this movie, because I did see it when it was on Netflix, Netflix recently. And I was like, all right. I was kind of multitasking <laughs> while taking notes for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Respond. So. so, yeah, all right, that's going to do it. So uh, we'll figure out a movie. Hey, if you're listening to this, feel free to recommend some stuff. You know what we sit through, so just about anything's on the table anymore. <laughs> but thanks a lot, guys. We're up, over, and gone. Take it easy.